Live from the Hot Stove Lounge, the Flames Talk post-game show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Well, with less than 17 seconds to go, an absolute rocket from Yegor Sharangovich is the game winner, and the Flames get it done in overtime on this Tuesday night to kick off a six-game homestand. Final score, 3-2. Flames come from behind for the victory tonight as we welcome you to our Flames Talk post-game show here from the Hot Stove Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's uh, Pat Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 969-60. We will get to you as the evening goes along. We have Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills with us here in the Hot Stove Lounge as well again. And Mick, when Logan Cooley scored that goal at 637 to make it 2-0, I thought Arizona had played a picture-perfect road game and were in full control. And then a 63-second span two minutes later, and it's 2-2. And all their hard work for almost 40 seven minutes uh, goes out the wayside and they almost got through that penalty kill tonight and the Flames find a way to beat the buzzer. Um, that is an absolute heartbreaker if you're the Coyotes and uh, one stolen from the fire if you're the Flames tonight, eh? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Up until the Flames scored their first goal, I thought the Coyotes had this one in the bag. Just the way the Flames, they weren't generating enough offense. They're just... I remember looking at the heat map in between periods and it was it looked like a giant circle around yeah. the perimeter of the offensive zone and in the coyote zone. So just weren't generating anything at all and played such a tight checking game. They were putting pressure on the flames all over the ice and the flames were having a hard time getting past that pressure uh, in order to generate anything. But got to give them credit. They found a way, just showed a, a ton of resilience and I mean, I guess it, it doesn't matter how you win games as long as you win them. But I think one key piece of that was the way that Dan Vladar played. He yeah, made some he massive solid. saves in this game and kept the game close, kept the game tight, um, and is a, a huge reason why they were able to come back. You know, it's funny. I think Dan Vladar's best two games this season have been games he wasn't scheduled to start. Oh. Which is interesting, right? Yes, that's Maybe a good point. Maybe thinking a little bit less about it, although I'm sure he found out, if not uh, at some point in time yesterday, then pretty early today, that uh, Jacob Markstrom was not going to go and that it would be him with Dustin Wolf backing him up. And I thought the goaltenders at both ends were big stories tonight because Dan Vladar kept the Flames close enough to allow them to come from behind to win this game in the third period and overtime. And then at the other end, Connor Ingram looked unbeatable. Now, Flames could have made his life a lot more difficult in the first two periods. There's no doubt about that. But his shutout streaks finally come to an end at 189 minutes and two seconds on the road and 123 minutes and 44 seconds overall. He was a brick wall back there, but I'm with you guys. I thought the Coyotes played almost a perfect road game for about 50 minutes. They took away time. They took away space. And I give the Flames credit for not getting overly frustrated because the Coyotes were playing at such a high level and giving the Flames next to nothing, I think it can get e be easy to get frustrated in a game like that. But they stuck with it. And, and Megan, as I said to you on the broadcast, I feel like if the Flames get one, the floodgates might open. I wouldn't say the floodgates opened. But the dam, uh, there was a little bit of a crack in there, and the water started to seep through, and then they found a way to win this game. But, hey, 11 of their 20 wins or 21 wins this season have been come-from-behind wins. Mm -hmm. So 
this team has proven that they can be good as front runners, and they can also be good when uh, they have to battle back to win games. Good way to start off a six-game homestand. Uh, the marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota was focused on that on our pregame show tonight. Uh, you know, they, they definitely are not going to want to uh, be on the back foot as much against an angry Toronto team in two nights' time uh, because that'll end up probably being a, a little worse for them. But uh, they were able to start off this homestand well, and one of the things we talked about, the Flames are – very much a one-game-at-a-time team, and that's what Ryan Huska said this morning. We're a one-game team right now, but uh, from our standpoint, this is a big stretch for the Flames, these six games. So they uh, they don't get the regulation win tonight, which you would have liked against the team you're right in the fight with, but they do get the victory, and for the first time this year, they've won four in a row, which is big for the Flames. And, yeah, you know, it was one of those nights, Wilsey, where um, they, they got the one goal that they needed to get a little bit of... Uh, just a little bit of belief back. And I, I wonder what happens if they don't get that Blake Coleman goal a little bit more than two minutes later after the Logan Cooley goal. It could have been a really sleepy end of this game. But, of course, the guy who scores it, and when you need a big goal, you you, uh, you go to number 20. And number 20's got 20 for the third time in his career. His 20th of the season started this comeback, and it just continues to be an unbelievable story. Blake Coleman has now tied his career high in almost half the games from last year he had 38 in 82 last year he has 38 in 44 this year which is bonkers and he scored in four straight games and unfortunately for Blake Coleman he didn't uh, have another multi-point game it would have been his fourth straight multi-point game as well but this guy is playing out of his mind right now and he might want to think about hanging some pictures of his family in front of uh, Flames opponents nets because that's where he's doing his damage from his willingness to go to the hard areas is something that he's being rewarded for right now. And he's playing, I think, the best hockey of his life right now. And you're right, Pat. Uh, that goal completely changed the hockey game. For the first time, I would say all night, the Coyotes were suddenly on their heels and the Flames were on their toes. Yeah. Because th that is not how most of this game was played. But then one minute and three seconds later, Nazem Kadri, who was great again tonight, ties the game up. And the Flames get to overtime to pick up at least a point. And then it's uh, Yegor Sharangovich just unleashing another unbelievable shot. This guy can absolutely fire it. And I, that, that went in and out so quickly, I thought it was off the bar. I had to correct myself in the middle of what turned out to be my call of the overtime winner. But those three guys have been so instrumental. Uh, the three guys who scored, Coleman, Kadri, and Sharon Govich, in turning this season around, I think it's fitting that they turned this game around and found a way to win it as well. Yeah, I will say if they play this way against the Maple Leafs, the way that they played for the majority of the game, things could get pretty ugly pretty fast so Maple Leafs just gave up a 2-0 lead yeah. again and lost 4-2 to the Oilers tonight yeah so that's uh that's also one to watch they'll out have for. to be a little bit more careful on Thursday and bring a much better game Let's uh, do this. Flames victorious 3-2 uh, in overtime over the Arizona Coyotes tonight. And let's go to the Flames locker room. It's uh, Yegor Sharangovich, the overtime hero, who's with us from the Flames locker room right now. Yegor, congratulations on the win. Tell us about tonight and uh, how the team was able to come back and win this one tonight. 
Thank you. And you know, it, we have. I think it's not really good a game, but we finally find a way to win this game in the third period. You know, two big goals and uh, overtime. We had the power plant. We just scored a goal, but I think we played not the right way, and but still find a way to win. What? What did it feel like when when Blake scores to make it 2-1? Uh, did that kind of all of a sudden give the bench a whole lot more belief and and got the, I don't know, just got the energy a little bit higher for the team? Yeah, of course. When when he scored it, you know, it, and already like 2-1. Two, two and, of course, uh, we have after his goal like more power to, you know, to play and more uh, like I know. <laughs> Just yes, this goal is yeah. really help and you know after the second goal like pass pass P make a good move, uh beat the D and pass it to Nes and yeah it's really big two goals. What made most of this game so difficult for the team? What did Arizona do that was so difficult tonight? I think I think they played, you know, the same way like uh, we played in Arizona, but maybe we played differently with way, you know, did a couple of mistakes in the blue lines, you know, turned back over and, you know, uh, just need to find a way come back uh, for our, like, good way game, you yeah. know. Can you um, can you tell us about the overtime goal? How, how did it all come together for you? Uh, I don't know. I just think it just want to take a shot <laughs> yeah and puck is went in <laughs> uh did you know it would like did you know it went in as soon as you shot it yeah okay because yep. it looked it, it came right back out so it uh it, it felt like it might have hit the bar but you knew that was uh that was a heck of a shot congratulations Yegor. uh good job thanks for doing this tonight Thank you. Thank you. That is Yegor Sharangovich post game as uh, the Flames take a 3 2 overtime win over the uh, Arizona Coyotes here at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome tonight. And uh, hey, I always, a guy who's just learning the language. I love it. To do a live radio interview in your second language, or uh, it's. Uh, Always, always really impressive to me. So what a shot from Yegor to win. Oh, and I'm glad he knew it went in because I didn't, at least not right away. So he's a better man than I am. Uh, but I just love hearing him do interviews because you can tell how much he's growing uh, with the English language. But he's also so humble. Anytime you ask him about himself, he shies away from that. He or says wants, thank you. Yeah, he just wants to talk about his teammates, his team. He doesn't want to talk about how good he's been. So we should probably talk about how good he's been. So he now has three goals and five points in – no, sorry, wrong guy. He now has six goals and seven points in five career games against the Coyotes and 13 goals and 20 points in his last 19 games. And he, he is just having an outstanding season. Uh, that trade that Craig Conroy made, sending Tyler Toffoli to the Devils for Yegor Sharangovich in a third-round pick, is looking better and better by the day. And that's not in any way, shape, or form a knock on Toffoli, who's a heck of a player. But Sharangovich is six years younger, and you could argue as good a player already. And, and he's only 25 and should get better. Yep. Let's select tonight's hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. I see like uh, you can tell that uh, Mick is settled right in. I don't have to think about it any time. I don't have to wait for you to get ready. I just know I can throw to you and do it any time. Flames win 3-2 in overtime. Mick, who do you got as the uh, hardest worker tonight? 
go I'm gonna go with I'm gonna give honorable mention to Silky Sharky Sharingovich. <laughs> can, can we just admit yeah. that that Silky, yeah. your nickname for yeah. him, Sharky, his teammates' nickname for him, is better than Sharon. Yes. Which, is Ryan, which is what Ryan Husband calls him. Yeah. Let's yes. just get rid of that Sharon! one. Yeah. <laughs> Better than Karen, I suppose. Well, yes. I give him honorable mention for his sneaky, wicked wrister of a game winner. That was crazy. But um, I'm going to give it to Nazem Kadri. I just thought he was such a catalyst out there yeah. with his energy and the way that he drove the play in the third period in particular. And then obviously with... 11 shot attempts and eight shots on goal, two points, almost 22 minutes speaks for itself. Yeah, he's he excellent. Was, he was an easy choice for me on the, the number one star as well. Nazem Kadri, your hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Uh, in uh, all situations tonight, as you mentioned, 11 shot attempts, eight shots, goal and an assist. Seven of his shot attempts were scoring chances. Three of them from the slot. Uh, that was a heck of a night for number 91. It's Pat, Megan, Derek around the table as the Flames take a 3-2 overtime win over the Arizona Coyotes here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Now we say hello to Flames assistant coach Dan Lambert for some post-game reaction as well. Dan, uh, how'd you see this one? How'd your group pull this one out tonight? Well, <clears throat> it wasn't easy. <laughs> you know, we weren't <clears throat> we weren't very sharp. I, I think either team was, was very sharp for the first 40 minutes and probably the first 50 minutes for us and um, fortunately, you know, we got one and that gave us a little life. Um, <clears throat> but when you look at our schedule, and I don't mean to make excuses, but the travel we've had, you know, we got home at 3, 4 in the morning the other night, and <clears throat> and we've played a lot of meaningful hockey. And, and I think it kind of it was a bit of a letdown maybe after the dads being, you know, on the trip with, uh, you know, it, it's just part of life. And it, it just seemed like we were very flat. Um but you know what? Sometimes you got to find a way to win those games, and we found a way. And, and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't overly exciting for the first 50 minutes, but it became exciting. So, um, hey, we'll take the two points yeah. and move on. Uh, one thing that I noticed just in watching the game was how relentless the Coyotes were in terms of their pressure all over the ice, whether it was five on five or when you guys were on the power play. Was there any messaging or anything from you guys in terms of in-game adjustments that you could do to get past that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that they did anything that we didn't expect. Um, it was more that we didn't execute what we needed to execute, whether it was you know, making their D turn or being aggressive with, on their D and, and just <clears throat> not, you know, they're a great team on the rush. They're a great team when you turn the puck over, and we kept doing it. So we just fed into their strength probably. So um, I think it was really important that we, you know, again, I, I'm going to go to the goal that we scored, uh, Coles's goal that gave us life. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden it was like, oh, we can win a hockey game, and, mm -hmm. and the guys really bared down, and, and uh, I thought it was great. And you guys mentioned Nazem Kadri. I thought, <clears throat> you know, he was great all night. I'm glad you brought up the Blake Coleman goal because I was going to ask you about that. We all thought that if the Flames could get that first one, it, it might flip the script, and that's exactly <clears throat> what happened. But Blake Coleman gets to 20 for the third time in his career, scoring for a fourth straight game, gets to 38 points, which equals his career high, and we're 44 games into the season. I've asked everybody under the sun about a guy who was the NHL's second star for last week. So I want to ask you about Blake Coleman and what he's meant to this team this season. 
Well, he's he's the heart and soul. <clears throat> you know, he's you know when you look at you, when you look for leadership. I mean, obviously you, you, we've got our captain in Backlund, but you know Blake Coleman brings it every night. <clears throat> you never question his work ethic, his compete level, uh, his willingness to go to the dirty areas, his willingness to win hockey games and do anything to help the team win games. He's a selfless player. Um, he just will do anything and everything. And, you know, lately he's been on the power play. He's scored there. He kills penalties. He <laughs> scores there. He sets people up. I mean, he's done it all. He's he's had a phenomenal, phenomenal first half. Um, I had only coached against Blake, and I disliked him, and now I love him because <laughs> we get to coach him. Uh, we're chatting with Dan Lambert, <laughs> Flames assistant coach, following a 3-2 overtime win over the Arizona Coyotes tonight. Um, what, uh, what were you seeing on that overtime power play? You had almost a full two minutes. Felt like uh, felt like you spent the entire time in the offensive zone. Were you pretty confident you were going to break through there as you <laughs> as it was getting late? Well, you know it's funny. Um, you know when when Nas's chance didn't go in, went through the goalie's legs. You're thinking, oh no, is this going to be one of those nights where we just can't? Um, but you know, um, Sharon Govich has had the hot hand uh, for well, probably from after the tenth game on. And uh, and he scored a huge goal. I think it was maybe one of the few times he touched the puck on the f- power play. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was our secret. You know, <laughs> everybody else can touch it, try to sh- shoot the puck or whatever. But <clears throat> yeah, it was a great shot. It was a great release. Um, it, you know, so um, yeah, I don't know that I was overly confident. You know, <laughs> but in saying that, uh, we stuck with it, and I think that was really important. I thought our power play looked good all night. To be honest with you, we had some looks. Uh, wanted to ask about uh, Jordan Osterley and Nick DeSimone. Um, I think they've done, in my opinion, in watching them, a really nice job. I know it's hard when you're the fifth, sixth defenseman, not getting a ton of minutes. But, uh, you know, Jordan Osterley tonight almost, well, he did drop his mitts <laughs> and tried to fight. I guess just what have you seen from those two and what they've brought? Well, I think, you know, when you're the fifth, sixth defenseman, you, you need to you need to – make sure that you're gaining trust with the coaching staff and I think they certainly have done that over the last um, X number of games I I feel like they've really given us quality minutes Um, they've been they've they've also you know helped us whether it was turn games around I thought um, in our last game in Las Vegas they were one of our better pairs to be honest with you so when you can get that out of out of your fifth sixth d-man um, that's what you need that's what you want and they've they've been doing it so hats off to both those guys they've been really good for us you guys were in a position where you were going to have to to gain some traction and string some wins together and didn't look like a, a great schedule at, at the end of December, start of January. But since New Year's Eve, you guys are 7-2-0. and And that's despite the fact, and you talked a little bit about it, you played 6 of 7 on the road. Must have felt like a 7-game road trip for you, stopping at home for one. But you traveled 11,272 kilometers to and from those games. And, and tonight, you just you find a way to win a game. Does it feel like this team finally has the, the traction that you've been looking for all season? Well, I I think, like you mentioned, it is it is what we needed to do, and the guys are doing it. You know, we've 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 come from behind all year long in games. Um, you know, the character in that dressing room, um, I mean, it's shown and it's it's really flourished um, game in and game out. And I think this is just another sign that you know there's a lot of character. Guys um, want to find a way to win hockey games. Tonight we did that. <clears throat> 
<clears throat> and you know we've beaten some good teams along the way and and you know you can look back oh the Chicago game well the Chicago game is just a game you know it happens you play 82 of them you're not you're not you're going to lose games that you feel like hey if we show up we're going to win mm-hmm. but we didn't but you know what we've made made up by beating other really good teams mm-hmm. uh last question and and you know Husk Ryan Husker has been really adamant going all the way back to the beginning of the year about this being a one game team and you know tomorrow's a new day and today's a new day and you kind of park it how how important has that been just overall mindset for this group to get back to a, a better place and and to really turn the tide like you have this year well I don't know that there's any other way to approach it because at the end of the day if you c- continue to dwell on on mistakes or bad games or games that you lose or find a way to lose um, it makes it for a really long season and it's already a long season so you don't need to dwell you need to move on because at the end of the day it's it's what we do right now and the next game that matters and and I think Ryan has done a great job of, of uh, you know delivering that. Congratulations on the win, Coach. Really appreciate the time, as always. Thank you very much. That is uh, Dan Lambert, Flames assistant coach, following a 3-2 overtime win over the uh, Arizona Coyotes here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. First four-game win streak of the season for the Flames. They'll try to make it five Thursday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, this is your Flames Talk post-game show. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Phone lines are jammed, but you can give us a call at 403 240 4444 or fire us a text at 960 960 we'll get to all of that as we continue along we'll also hear from head coach ryan huska very shortly uh but right now let's get some uh, final thoughts from our broadcast duo flames uh, have won four straight and take an overtime win tonight in a uh, crazy final eight minutes or so uh, 12 minutes or so of the third period they turn a two nothing deficit into a three two win final thoughts starting with megan mickelson yeah one thing we haven't talked about um is Jonathan Huberto and I do think that that top line missed him tonight just in the the chemistry that they've really started to build I feel like his absence was notable on that line so hopefully he's okay and he'll be back for Thursday but just I mean the group showing a a ton of character like Dan mentioned resilience and and finding a way to win and you know that's what it's all about but in the same breath they're going to need a much better game against a very high octane offense Toronto Maple Leafs team that's going to come in here guns Mm -hmm. a blazing on Thursday so I think it's you know you take it it's it's a win you're happy with the fact that you found a way to get the two points but recognize also that you need to be better moving forward yeah i mean forget about the first 48 the the flames did not get to their game but they found a way to win this one and as dan just said sometimes you're not going to be at your best and you're going to have to find a way to pick up a point or two and that's what the flames did tonight and i thought it was an interesting point uh, saying that they were almost expecting a bit of a letdown. We saw the energy that they had playing in front of their dads during that two-game road trip, right? They got a boost from that. Well, their dads go home, and I think there was a bit of a letdown from that. I also think that, uh, as we've seen from this team and every team over the years, that when you go on a long road trip and come home, that first game at home can be a tough one to win. And I know they played a, a home game 
mixed into those seven, but it felt for them like a seven-game road trip. So they were able to overcome that. Uh, a great goaltending performance by Connor Ingram, uh, a really good road game by the Coyotes, and they pick up two points tonight. And for a while, we talked about them having to get over the hump of getting above 500 in the win-loss column. They do that. And now the three games above 500 in the win-loss column. And then the next one for me was, okay, you've won three in a row three times this year. You got to get to four. You got to keep stringing wins together. They do that tonight. So this was a big one for the Flames, one to build on. Uh, as you said, Megan, they're going to have to be a lot better from start to finish versus uh, a much more talented Maple Leafs team on Thursday night. But they're in a position where they have to win hockey games. They got two points tonight. They've won four in a row. They're in a much better spot than they were a week or two ago. You got to keep on building. Thank you, friends. Thank you. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Be well. Stay warm, although it's warmer outside. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson, signing off following a 3-2 overtime win for the Flames over the Arizona Coyotes. Fun finish here at the Scotiabank Saddledome, and it was almost a buzzer beater from Yegor Sharangovich as he wins it. Uh, we heard this live right after the game, but uh, let's also uh, play it in its entirety right now. Here's head coach Ryan Huska postgame following tonight's 3-2 overtime win. So, uh, talk about the power play tonight. Talk about the power play? Yeah. I mean, it finally got the job done, but... It got the job done, and that's uh, the you know, four-on-threes I find aren't the easiest to score on. Five-on-threes, it, it should be an automatic, you know, and those are differences in games, but it was uh, it was good to see us get one when it mattered tonight. So, I, I thought the backland unit had some pretty good chances, too, earlier in the game. Um, and it's, it's taking steps every day, which is a real positive. What did you think of that Jaeger Sharon Gobit shot to win it? Uh, we've seen that a lot from him. Usually you see it on a shootout, how he gets that kind of sweeping wrist, wrister off there, but he's got such a great release and it's hard. Um, so I think obviously there's something with it where it's hard for goaltenders to pick up too, the way he kind of pulls it and brings it into his body. But we're kind of getting used to seeing that a little bit, which is a nice thing. The coach? Him and Blake have some sort of side bet we should know about, or what's happening with goal, those goal two? scoring? Yeah, I don't know. They they might. I don't know. Um, we'll take it. You know, if they want to keep scoring, those two guys, we're we're happy about that. Dylan got the opportunity up with uh, Jonathan out of the lineup. How did you feel he did tonight? Uh, I thought he was all right. Yeah. Coach, I mean that game. The first 45 minutes, not not a ton of opportunities, but it felt like when he went down two nothing, a switch sort of flipped. What, what what do you make of that? Well, it was a, a quiet game both ways. I felt the first two minutes, and there wasn't much going on. I mean, you look at even the stat, which isn't a great indicator of the game, is the shots on goal stat. There was there was nothing going on the first two periods, and sometimes those are hard games to play because. Um, Players sometimes have a tendency to get frustrated in those situations when it's not coming easy and they try to do too much. And um, we haven't had a lot of success in games like that um, because we have gotten ourselves frustrated and we haven't stuck with it, but tonight we did. Um, and whether you're down a goal or two, we've shown we can come back. So it was not a pretty night by any stretch of the imagination, but two points is two points. Was it just adding urgency when you guys went down 2 nothing? Because you expected them to tighten up even more when they got that two goal. Yeah, I, I think there was a couple good individual plays. Um, you know, the Pospisil one for sure was the speed that we didn't really have a lot of tonight. But in that situation, that's one of his strengths. So that's a huge play for us simply by moving your feet and driving wide. And you can say the same about Nas for getting to the net on that play. 
what, uh, what was the mood on the bench during that? Because it seemed like, like Danny said, that flip, switch did flip. What was the emotional temperature during I, that? I think when Blake scored, there's, okay, we're, we're still here. When you're down 2 nothing, I felt like we, we sagged a little bit. Um, but when Blake scored, it gave us a little bit of renewed life. After that second goal gets scored after that PK, do you say anything on the bench? Does anyone say anything on the bench to sort of help amp things up? Or like, how, how does that get managed? Um, well, there's there's conversation on the bench for sure. Sometimes it's quieter, sometimes it's louder, and certain players often speak up in those situations. So they're, they're, we started to get a little bit more um, vocal on the bench, I would say, as a, as a team in the third period. Huberdeau. Sorry, go so ahead. Was Huberdeau prior to the game he fell ill or did you know kind of through the day? Um, we kind of had an idea. We were hopeful that he would feel better to play tonight, but around 4 o'clock, you know, he just was – didn't feel like he would be a, a help to us tonight. Can you can you just break down that possible play a little further? Like a bunch of us are going to look and sort of the one-handed pass is going to be what sticks out. But from a coaching standpoint, what jumps out about that sequence for you? One, I, you keep your feet moving all the time. And when you have, or if you're blessed with being a good skater, you want to use that as often as you can. And the one thing that Marty has, um, he can beat like elite NHL defensemen with his speed. But in order to do that, you have to have some courage because sometimes that means you're going to get hit on the wall. Um, and it doesn't bother him. He just keeps going. Like you saw him tonight, he took a pretty good hit by our bench tonight, um, went back and did the same thing. But when you're willing to do that, oftentimes you'll eventually get rewarded. Blake, I mean, he's 32 years old, and you'd expect a guy at that age to kind of be what he is. But he's on, I mean, he's on pace to shatter his career highs. I mean, have you seen anything like that, a guy his age? Just sort of. Um, no, I, I, I don't. I don't know about someone his age or not, but I know um, Blake's been a very consistent player. Um, this year, it's going in with a lot more regularity probably than in the past, but a lot of what he does is what we've seen from him in the past, You know, whether it's the checking, grinding, hard work game that is pretty consistent with him. This year, as we've talked about, he's going to the net and pucks are finding him and he's finding a way to finish. Just ask about Dan Ladar and yeah. kind of step in for Jacob again yeah. here and how important that is for your group. I thought Dan was really good tonight. Um, the one goal I think might have went off a skate um, that went in, so that's a tough one for him um, to handle. But when you're not expecting to start, he has got to get himself kind of retooled fairly quickly. Um, but I thought he did a really good job. He looked in control tonight. There wasn't a ton of work that he had to face, but when he did have to make a save, he made the big saves for us tonight. Kadri had eight shots on yeah. goal. He was pretty beastly tonight. Naz was good. He was good. I thought he was one of the few guys that had some energy for us tonight, even even in the first two periods. So been pretty consistent for us that way this year too. That is head coach Ryan Huska post game following tonight's 3-2 overtime win for the Flames over the Arizona Coyotes. Okay, uh, take a break. Come back with your phone calls and your texts. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Text line 960-960. Get to all of that around the corner. More looks inside the Flames locker room as well. We've already heard live from Yegor Sharangovich and Dan Lambert. Just heard from head coach Ryan Huska as well. Flames have won four in a row for the first time this season. Take a break as uh, we come back with more Flames Talk post game on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts and live right here. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Flames Talk post game show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, 
Flames win it 3-2 in overtime over the Arizona Coyotes here at the Scotiabank. Saddledome Flames are now 10-0-1 in their, sorry, 9-0-1 in their last 10 games against the Arizona Coyotes. And this one was one of those nights where you're just like, geez, they have their number. Even though Arizona, by all rights, this should have been a Coyotes win in regulation the way it went, uh, just based on, you know, if you take it on who controlled most of the game. When it's all said and done, uh, Flames were under 40% on their 5-on-5 possession at 39.2%. Coyotes at a 45-29 edge in 5-on-5 attempts. High dangers finished 15-9 Arizona, 10-4 at 5-on-5. This is a heartbreaker for the Coyotes, but if you're the Flames, you love to break hearts once in a while, and all they needed was that one and it kind of got the belief a little bit higher, and that's what we saw. And then in overtime, it's anybody's game. I know the Coyotes were really upset about the the too-many-men penalty, um, but it, it looked... It looked like a too many men penalty, like it was it was close, but looked like a too many men penalty. Um, and on go the Flames on the power play, and I really thought the killer instinct they showed on that power play was really impressive as well. And finally got one through, so they win the game. They've won four in a row for the first time this season, and uh, yeah, they stay right where they need to or where they want to be in this playoff race. They uh, keep pace with the Oilers. Um, they move within two of the Predators with even games played. I mean, the the Oilers are the team that I think that we can probably say they're gone. They've won a franchise record 11 in a row. They've played fewer games than the rest of the conference. Um, so, but the Flames have put themselves uh, right back in a, a more interesting mix, and they're only three back of L.A. for the division. Uh, now, in saying that, the, the Kings have played three fewer games, but the Kings drop one tonight, uh, 5-1 to the Dallas Stars. So makes uh, it puts them in a much more interesting spot when it comes to the Western Conference standings. Now, does it put them in a more interesting spot in terms of their decisions they need to make between now and the trade deadline? I don't think it should. I still think you have to make those decisions independent of where you sit in uh, any given period of time. But the Flames have played much better hockey. And tonight was not their greatest night overall. But they got the two points. And gives you an opportunity to be much better Thursday against Toronto. And maybe get two points again. They've won four straight. And uh, they uh, will try to make it five against the Maple Leafs. Who are going to be a pretty fired up group. Maple Leafs have had uh, 3-0 and 2-0 leads against good teams in their last two. They lose to Colorado. And the Avalanche scored five unanswered on them and tonight the Oilers scored four unanswered on them to win 4-2. So you know the Maple Leafs are going to be a fired-up group on Thursday night as well. Speaking of the Maple Leafs, uh, Nazem Kadri was drafted by the Maple Leafs and was out of his mind in this game tonight, was best player on the ice for the Flames, no questions asked. Let's hear from Nazem Kadri post-game inside the Flames locker room. Can you maybe walk us through your perspective of that pass from Austin uh, yeah, great play. I mean, just tried to find him on the breakout. He obviously, uh, you know, his speed's one of his be- best attributes. He's able to, uh, you know, get that in front to me and obviously was a was a huge goal. Great play by him. With Without repeating it, was that what you said? That uh, was probably it. You could probably, <laughs> probably just watch it and tell. I'm not even sure you have to ask him. But obviously, uh, you know, it's an emotional goal. It's a big goal for us. Allowed us to climb back in the hockey game and, uh, you know, just uh, allowed us to bounce back. A lot of us are going to look at kind of the one-handed pass, the way that play finishes. 
in terms of what Martin did there, is there anything that really jumps out to you? Um, the speed, the speed. I mean, that's always what I'm telling him is, uh, you know, when I get the puck, take off, I'll find you. And that's exactly what he did. And, um, you know, I kind of had a feeling like he was going to uh, center it. So I just tried to drive as hard as I could to the net. And uh, sure enough, I ended up in the back of the net, which which was a, a big uh, momentum swing did, for us. Did you just speak to just how emotional these games have been over the last little stretch, dating back mm. to the dad trip and now tonight? Yeah, of course. We, we want to put on a good show and... You know, we're, we're, we're fighting to, to, to make the dance, obviously, so every single game is magnified for us, and, uh, you know, we're trying to show that desperation early, and, and, and we're, you know, we're coming together. We're rallying as a team, and that's, that's, uh, that's a great sign. For the first, like, 47, 48 minutes, offense was kind of hard to come by for, for both of you guys and yeah. them, but then it kind of felt like they went up to nothing, and something changed. Mm -hmm. You guys kind of just poured it on. What, 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 what was that, I guess? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, credit to them. They, uh, you know, I think both team systems were, were pretty, you know, it was a very structured hockey game. Obviously, uh, coaches would, would love that, but uh, players probably not so much. It was a frustrating game to play in and, uh, you know, it was, was definitely a little b boring early on. But, uh, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. you got to find way ways to win those type of games and, uh, you know, gave up a couple chances. You know, they were opportunistic. Uh, we were able to respond, but, you know, Bit of a slow start tonight, but we came up big in the third period. What's the cliche for us? Today, it's like desperation, but did that factor into it? You guys were down two nothing. You know how much time was on the game. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think so. I mean, it was uh, you know they they played a pretty pretty good road road game. Uh, came in didn't didn't really give up uh, a whole lot, and like I mentioned, the first you know forty fifty minutes both ways. I think uh, you know it was a it was a I mean playoff type game where you're not going to get a whole lot. And, uh, you know, we were able to be resilient and find a way to win that game, which is a great step for us. With these yeah. third-period comebacks, do you guys have to say anything in the second intermission, or is that just sort of a belief mm -hmm. with your group now that it doesn't matter what situation we're in, we're going to have a good third? That's right. Uh, we, we got that confidence. I mean, we've done it before. We've been doing it all year. And uh, obviously the start is something we want to focus on. We've kind of improved uh, on that as of late. But you know, sometimes you're going to get behind the eight ball, and uh, you got to roll your sleeves up and, and get to work. And, um you know, certainly wasn't pretty, but we'll, we'll take it. You had a front row seat for Yeager Sharon Govich's overtime one year. It feels as if since mid-November he's been on a tear and he's really fit into your offense. Mm -hmm. How would you describe how he's kind of settled into your team on the ice and, and off the ice around you guys? Well, he's been a great yeah. addition. Uh, you know, he's a he's a kid that's eager to learn, and, and, and uh, you know, he, he's willing to get better and, and soak in that knowledge to get better. So uh, he's been a great addition for us. Uh, playing well all over the ice, and uh, and been pretty consistent, which is always good to see oh, from yeah. a from a young young player. So he's got a great shot. You saw that again tonight. Did what you, did you think of that game? When, like, what was your view mm -hmm. of the game? Uh, it was just a little too close to my face. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I was uh, I was obviously standing in front. You know, he he uh, sets a scorer's goal. He picked a, a corner, saw it hit the back bar, knew it was in right away. So it's a great shot. Can we talk about the leadership? with your team here you guys are doing a really good job of kind of coming through can you talk, uh, elaborate a little more on that yeah I, I think uh you know certain guys obviously are dependent on to uh to lead the way and you know everybody else does a great job following that uh that footprint so um that's something we take pride in as leaders to um you know come to play and uh you know kind of drag everybody into the fight so that's been uh it's been good to see
That is Nazem Kadri, who was a big-time difference maker in this game. Kadri finishes with uh, a goal and an assist and uh, was a real play driver for the Flames tonight, uh, en route to being named the number one star and the hardest-working Flame in tonight's game. His thoughts post-game inside the Flames locker room following a 3-2 overtime win. One more thing we haven't talked about, and we have talked about it already, but one thing we haven't talked about recently is the play of Dan Vladar, who got the start tonight. Uh, It's time for the same of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes Vladar in net because Jacob Markstrom day to day with a lower body injury and uh, Dan Vladar's save of the game comes in period at number two Mosher grabs it, gives it to Zucker who sends it out to center ahead to Bugstad he drops to Keller, saucers it right wing side, Jersey drops it, Keller to Zucker and he's stopped by Vladar another big right pad save by the Flames goaltender to keep his team within one Really solid night for Dan Vladar. That's one of his 25 stops in this game, and that's his save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes for every save a Flames goaltender makes. Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit shaneholmes.com. The better way to build, and, and I know that uh, there will be some who don't like to hear this, but if Jacob's not ready to go for Thursday against Toronto, and and you know, I, I it, it kind of sounds like it's probably going to be a, a little bit more than just a one-game thing. Thing, but maybe not more than, and we'll see. Maybe Jacob is ready to go on Thursday night, but they're really being cognizant of not pushing him. So a decent chance that Jacob won't be good to go against the Maple Leafs. If he's not, then I think Dan Vladar has earned himself another start with the way he played tonight. I uh, thought he was really strong and uh, gave the Flames an opportunity when they were the second best team tonight, which, you know, for them, unfortunately, well, I don't want to say unfortunately, they won the hockey game, but for them, for their for their liking, I think was a little bit too much of, of being on the back foot. But Dan Vladar, I, I thought, really helped them stay in this game and allowed it to stay 0-0, allowed it to stay one nothing for quite some time. So, Good night for Dan Vladar, and uh, we'll see what the Flames do in net for Thursday's game against Toronto. Okay, let's get to the text line for the first time tonight at 960-960 as the Flames take a 3-2 overtime win here over the Arizona Coyotes. This is from Scotty in Victoria. Uh, says the first two periods were brutal. Boys looked lost and played sloppy. Clutch clutch shot by Sharon Govich in overtime. What a stellar release that guy has. Glad uh, they got it done in overtime because I had a, had a horrible feeling about going to the shootout. Overall, nice comeback, but I think this performance reinforces they must stay the course and sell at the deadline. They'll have some great players to work with still and can get some great picks and prospects for the future. Thanks, Pat. Have a great night. Uh, this from Leandro, who says, was at the game tonight, solid effort. I think number 10 was missed, more than fans would like to admit, but a solid effort to rally back. Go Flames, go. Side note, you're smiling after that Bucks win this weekend. Didn't mean to spoil the Dolphins game for Wilsey. Markstrom-esque save from yourself there, Pat. Have a good night. No, you didn't. Say, you, didn't uh, you didn't spoil it. We got him in time. Hey, he didn't get it spoiled. That's good news. Wilsey's smart, too. He probably wasn't even listening just in case uh, something would have spoiled that Dolphins game, which in the end, if it got spoiled, I'm sure he would have been okay knowing how it went. Um, 
This from Doug and Canmore. Pat, love the show. Love how this team competes. Makes you think if they can make it to the playoffs, they know how to play in tight games and to come back. There's not a lot of teams in the league that can say the same. I don't know why the Arizona coach was losing his mind over the too many men on the ice when it was clearly a penalty appropriate that Yegor Sharangovich ended the game with that awesome release. Uh, I think we may have to come up with a nickname for this kid because he's going to be a star here for years to come. How about the Belarusian rifle? I like Sharky better um, I, I, than, than the Belarusian rifle. I don't know if that uh, – it's A for effort, Doug. It's a good I, – I, I, I do – it's it's creative. Sharky just maybe rolls off the tongue a little bit better. But, I mean, the Belarusian rifle, I don't mind that. I, I, you know, he doesn't have the nickname – like he doesn't have the initials AK-47, but, like, you know. Something like that. I'm sure we can come up with something. I don't know. But Sharky works for me. Um, this from Jeff and Lethbridge. Uh, this says, uh, Pospisil's best game is a flame. Kadri was flying, and Sharon Govich looks like the flame's best shooter. How many people were thinking this would be the case when the Toffoli trade was made? Also, love to see Coleman scoring like he is. Loved him in Tampa. Nice to see a player like him producing like he never has before. This is proving to be one of the Flames' most interesting seasons I can remember. This from Harold in White Sands. Good evening, guys. Another great third period. Hopefully, Conroy doesn't quit on the trade out guys as they're not good enough to hang with the big boys making playoffs or not they hang tough and lose them like Gaudreau the city will look, go nuts just saying uh, this from Brad and Bridgeland up until the Coleman goal I thought it was a pretty sleepy game Flames were really struggling on their zone entries and they couldn't get anything going once they started driving the net the game opened up for them I thought this was Pospisil's best game on the Kadri Zeri line. He was physical, played with speed, and his assist on the tying goal was huge. Hopefully Markstrom and Huberdeau recover soon, but I'll admit I'm excited to see Wolf finally get in more NHL games. And honestly, Brad, I don't know if he is going to get into a game on this uh, on this Markstrom stint on the injured list just because Vladar played really solid tonight. So if if Markstrom can't go on Thursday, then I think Vladar's earned himself another start. Uh, this says, I'm definitely seeing some signs of the find-away flames, even with Huberto and Markstrom out tonight. Guy stepped up and made things happen, never gave up. Love the never-die attitude. Keep it up. That comes from Tobin in Charlottetown. Jeez, it's late in Charlottetown. Go to bed, Tobin. Um Wedley says, Pat, tell overtime George they lost the Toffoli trade and a team rebuild that winning isn't fun. There's uh, Wedley being snarky. Uh, this reads, exciting finish after a mostly low-event hockey game. When was the last time the Flames had a four-plus game win streak? Uh, they didn't have one last season. Congrats to your Bucks. Good luck next week, but I fear the Lions may be a team of destiny. Um, yeah, I guess it would have been because they didn't. Have, I mean, they did. I, I thought they did end up having a four-game win streak last year, uh, but now I don't remember off the top of my head uh as for the lions if the bucks lose to detroit i'll still be cheering for the lions because that's i mean after that because the lions are just one hell of a story this year and uh yes i'd like tampa to win but if the uh secondary part is the lions get to the nfc championship that'd be pretty cool i'd rather the bucks there but the lions uh, i'm they're, they're a tough team to root against this year um 
This uh, from Peter from Bridgeland. Super stoked they were able to come back and get the win. They should play my Sharona when Yegor scores. Don't mind that. Uh, this says, I'm loving Blake's new goal song. Yeah, they played Roar from Corey Perry uh, when uh, Blake scored his 20th of the year. See if that continues. That's because on the dad's trip, they uh, coined a new nickname for him, the Texas Tiger. So Roar by K- Katy Perry. Um, it's got the eye of the tiger. Not as Julian McKenzie tweeted his first time. We saw you, Julian. The name's not Eye of the Tiger. Um, that's a that's a song by um, a different band. That's from Survivor, not from Katy Perry. It's Roar by Katy Perry. Now, I, he deleted his tweet, but we saw. Oh, we saw Mackenzie. Um, but you know what? That's that's the younger generation. The, the song titles don't matter to the younger generation. Um, I did like. I don't mind. I don't mind that as a goal song for uh, for Coleman though. Uh, Mark from Calgary says two words to Foley. Who? Uh, this from Seven McKenzie. I don't know about you, but I didn't have that late two-goal rally and overtime winner on my bingo card with how janky the uh, first 50 minutes were. By the way, I think I said Corey Perry instead instead of Katie Perry. So I made the mistake. I made a mistake as well, which I'm prone to do. Uh, Katie Perry, not Corey Perry, sings "Roar." Um, Katie and Corey Perry, very different individuals. Katie Perry, thank you to Wilsey for letting me correct myself because I had no idea I said that. So I would have just kept on going. Thank you to Wilsey for uh, having my back on that one. Uh, Brian and Pitt Meadows all the way out in uh, the lower mainland in the Fraser Valley says, great show, guys. Is it just me? But do you think Calgary Flames fans are secretly pissed off the fa- that the fact the Flames keep winning? I'm happy with the win, but it's just making it more and more difficult. Um and, and do I think there are some who are secretly pissed off? Yes. Do I think all Flames fans are that? No. But, yeah, there is a faction of Flames fans that doesn't like it when they win or, or gets conflicted when they win. A few more texts before we hit the phone lines. Uh, another great comeback for uh, the Flames. Good on the boys for pushing back after the Coyotes scored the second goal. Not having Huberto made me appreciate what he does for this team a little bit more. It was easy to tell that he plays a big part in that top line. And lastly, who do you lean towards uh, for goalies against Toronto and Edmonton? Well, I, I think there's a decent chance that Markstrom misses Thursday's game but we'll see if that was um uh, if if that was the case I would go if Markstrom can't go I'd go right back to Vladar with the way he played tonight and that is no knock on Dustin Wolf but I would go to Vladar um and if Markstrom's ready to go then obviously I'd go to Jacob uh this from Ash the first two periods reminded me of a 90s game between Lemaire's Devils and Hitchcock's Stars the first period in particular was easily the most boring Flames period I've seen this season I'm glad Huska mentioned Pospisil's speed on the second goal as to me this was easily the turning point regarding the fourth line I think the Flames need a true fourth line veteran center such as Trevor Lewis to be effective as both Dubé and Ruzichka are not suited for this role. I kind of agree. Neither Ruzichka nor Dubé are a great fit on that 4C role. Um, and so I... That's why I wonder about Rooney. Uh, Rooney's still week to week as he recovers from the shoulder surgery, but I wonder about Rooney and and whether or not he can play a little bit of a part here as the uh, season goes along. Um, this reads... What a finish. Sharon Govich is making his haters uh, look like Calgarians that booked their winter getaways for November. Uh, just ridiculous. Watching this game tonight felt like I was watching a group that had an excuse with Markstrom and Huberto out and just checked out for the first 40. 
leave it to Coleman to drag this team into the fight. Team MVP, no doubt. Uh, he gives you everything he's got, every shift, and I love to see it. I'd love to know your thoughts on Dubé, Pat. I felt that tonight was a make-or-break night for him, and he was relatively non-existent. I really thought he could build off a strong year last year, but it just seems like he's fought it all year. Maybe the looming uh, investigation. Anyways, happy for the win. Uh, Team Tank can suck it. Uh, there's just a few texts, 960-960. Also, little birdie uh, whispered in my ear to Ash's question about a veteran fourth-line center. I know the Wranglers have been, and, and the Flames organization as a whole, have been really happy with the way Clark Bishop has played uh, with the Wranglers. Uh, Trent Cole, when he joins us on Mondays, regularly talks about the, the subtle role that Bishop plays. Um, for, he's a he's a Newfoundland guy, so Peter Hanlon would be happy. Uh, but he uh, he's subtle, plays a really good two-way game. The Wranglers really missed him when he was out with injury. Uh, so if it's not Kevin Rooney as a potential guy that could play that 4C role, Clark Bishop is a name that, uh, that there's a reason why the Flames re-signed him this summer. Uh, they really like what uh, Bishop brings to the mix as well. He could be an interesting name to watch if the Flames look to revamp their fourth line as well uh great stuff on the text line so far at 960 we're jammed there we're jammed on the phone lines let's get there at 403-240-4444 following a flames 3-2 overtime win over the arizona coyotes it's steinberg along with you on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcast this is your flames talk post game let's say hello to ray what's going on ray love the game tonight uh the last 15 minutes of it and uh, we got away with one for sure. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I think um, that's true. So I do. I do think that they probably got away with one. But sometimes you need to get away with one, right? Yeah. So uh, I got a confession, observation, and a question. Sure. Uh, confession. I'm one of the Flames fans that uh, gave up on Sharangovich by Remembrance Day, and had kind of flipped the pan a little bit. Why? So, um, but I should be forgiven because I just admitted it. So uh, I just, he, I watched him. I probably watched him four games and just, it wasn't, it just didn't, it didn't resonate with me, but he has proven me wrong and man, can he shoot the puck? So that's great. Uh, the observation is as soon as we started uh, taking the body to remove them from the puck, like, not the mean physical stuff or going out of our way, but just separating player from puck, using our body, and going to the net. It completely changed the game. And each of our goals was caused by multiple players going to the net. And there was a hit, and I don't remember who it was, but it was a reverse hit like Chuck used to do for us so often, behind the net in the third period, and it was one of the times I thought, okay, well, we're, you know, maybe going to uh, create some traffic and go to the net. So it was good to see. That's just an observation. Uh, I hope we can do that against Toronto because Toronto can get off their game if you start to do those sorts of uh, good, solid hockey things. Thanks a lot. Great 15 minutes, and uh, we'll take the win. It's like finding 20 bucks in your winter coat. Yeah, so you got to we'll get them every once in a while. Uh, good stuff, yeah. Ray. I appreciate it. And, hey, you know, the Flames, it goes the other way. Remember the Colorado game where they had the third period lead and went the other way? Like, the bleep happens, right? Like, this is uh, – these these are the – night. it's an 82-game NHL season. The Flames will – 
probably lose other games that they thought that they should have won and they'll win other games where maybe they uh, felt like they got out of their committing grand larceny. So uh, that's the way of 82 game season goes. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Flames win 3-2 in overtime here over the Arizona Coyotes. George up next. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. I want to have a conversation with you tonight about the conversation that you had with Mr. Aaron Vickers yesterday about the conflicting emotions of Flames fans, okay? Sure. Yeah, that was on hour one of Monday's Flames talk. Oh, all your programs are excellent, but that one in particular was excellent. So speaking for myself, uh, because I know you actually referenced me uh, along with other, you know, callers. So speaking for myself... Honestly, Patty, I am conflicted. I really am. And on one hand, I cannot actively cheer for this Flames team to lose games, especially when I'm watching them. Uh, It's just a natural reaction to be happy when they score goals or or make a good play or, uh, you know, and I throw a fist pump in the air. I mean, it's just, it's part of being a fan, you know, and it's, uh, it's tough. At the same time, deep in my mind and in my heart, I know that the best thing long-term for this team is to lose a lot more than they win, and they get some top-five picks down the road so that they can draft elite players and the future of this franchise going forward and actually have a shot at becoming a true Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, but George, and and I say this this respectfully, like, do you really think that the Flames are, like, their roster's bad enough to lose the type of – like the amount of games they'd have to lose to be in that conversation, to be in the mix with Ottawa and and San Jose and Chicago. Like, their roster's not that bad, man. Exactly where I was going. No, I do not, to answer your question. Bluntly, I don't. And so that's why it's like, it's hard. And it's it's the whole thing, like, like I was saying before, I don't, like, I can't. I can't. I said this years ago, too. I can't cheer for them to lose. I just can't do it. You know what I mean? It's it's hard. So it's it's almost like you're being pulled in two different directions. So, yeah, you're right. That's And, and the other thing that makes it really difficult, too, is the last few weeks, I've really liked the way they played as a team. And, and they seem to be playing now with a swagger and a confidence on a consistent basis, uh, especially the last two weeks. And then from the flip side against you, we flip the coin, you look at the standings, and the reality is because of their awful start to the season, they also have to leapfrog a bunch of teams that also continue to win, like Edmonton, for example, and and collect points. Plus, they have no choice but to trade all the pending UFAs unless those UFAs are signed to contracts soon. So it's just, it's such a struggle. Like, this is such a unique year. Honestly, Patty, this is, this may be the most unique year I've experienced as a Flames fan in a very, very long time. I get, I get the, can, I, I get it, man, and and that's why, that's why I brought you up on the, uh, on the hour because I, I know there are a lot of Flames fans right now who who kind of are conflicted, but at the same time, as as I said, like. You kind of just got to let it ride. They're gonna do what they do, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that was, I, I just, I was so intrigued by that conversation and it's been, you know, or especially early in the season, you know, we've been talking for literally years. I mean, there's times 
when I would get, I get so pissed off. And again, it's just because of the emotion that Bat, you know, Robert's like that. Um, every time Robert like talks about these things, like I honestly, I honestly see where he comes from. But again, as a fan, especially as long as like people like he and I have been fans, like literally since the beginning, you know, it is hard, but it's, it's a unique year. So all I'm going to say that and that's why, like I've actually been able to, take this year into perspective up to this point and, and realize like what you've said that they are going to do what they're going to do. And you got to kind of let it ride. And then you kind of, you input your emotions into it after you see what they do. And then based on that judge, whether you personally agree or disagree with the direction they go in, but it's, it has, it's been, I want to say easier for me to accept what's happening right now, even if I may not agree with it, but it's, it's what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Like uh, agree with what? Like we, we, we know, we know they're never going to fully rebuild. And that's, and, and, and you know, to the point is maybe they like, they can't like, it's easy to say trade Markstrom, trade wig or trade. No, no. And honestly, like, I know Uyghur's been brought up in some, you know, like, linked to Ottawa stuff. Like, just personally, me now, I wouldn't be trading Uyghur right now. He's a guy I'd want to go forward whether you're rebuilding or not rebuilding, you know? So it's just, I don't know, puts things into perspective, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, a full rebirth is something I've wanted for a long, long time, the past decade, but I understand it's not going to happen. I just hope the way Conroy goes about it, will ultimately lead to the success that we as Flame fans ultimately want, which is to be a Stanley Cup contender. How you get there is one way. There are various ways you can get to that position, you know, and I'm starting to, I'm starting to see that. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the way this new management group does it is the correct way, you know. You can only have that hope at this point. And we don't, like, honestly, we still don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Like we we don't know we don't know what type of trades they're gonna make. We don't know what they're gonna get for Lindholm or Hannafin or Tanev or what contracts are gonna look like. It's still so incomplete in terms of even what the initial uh, initial moves and initial stamp is gonna be from Conroy and, and this crew. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So. We'll see, man. There's uh, time's ticking away, but we'll see. But like I said, it was I was very intrigued by that conversation, and it's been especially since after November where they actually started playing better. It's been you know it's been very very conflicting for me. It was a perfect term you used, and I just I did want to point that out and actually be able to talk about it calmly finally and put things uh, retrospectively, if you will, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, buddy. I really appreciate that conversation. I appreciate that you you are able to see all sides of every fan's uh, voices and opinions. So, with that said, I appreciate you letting me come on and voice those opinions tonight. And I hope you have a good night. All right, George, be well, buddy. You too, man. Thank you. Four zero three two four zero forty four forty four is your phone number. Flames win three two in overtime over the Arizona Coyotes. Next up, Neil on the Flames Talk post game show. What's up, Neil? Not a whole lot. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, Pat. No problem. Um, I just wanted to say like a big thank you to all the Canadian Armed Forces people. Like uh, that, it's an important night. I I really think so. 
Um, you know, like I got family members that were, you know, affected by World War II, and it's good to know the Canadian soldiers were there to take care of them. So I just want to give a shout out to them. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I also, I kind of want to just make one point and just see where you can go from it. Um, I see how uh, the PWHL, right? Yep. shaping up and uh i think there's players there that uh haven't you know gotten recognition because they haven't been on a world stage but i mean it'll develop and i think there's going to be like shining stars that come out of that i think one thing flames players can do is maybe they're not the guys that were picked first overall or first to 10 or whatever it might be um, that we complain that we, we haven't really gotten because this, this franchise hasn't really drafted a lot of extremely high picks, right? But we've also taken guys that were undrafted and turned them into captains that won the Norris Trophy, you know? So I think, like, you can start from somewhere and maybe nobody knows who you are and you're Blake Coleman from uh, Texas where there is no hockey and you become a player that, you know, is has the potential for scoring 60 to 70 points this year. Um, I just think that there's no point in really, like, giving up on your franchise at any point. Like, I think the, the way forward is, is winning, and uh, I don't think tanking is a good idea. That's kind of just my point, but, like, I, I try to use what the women's game is going on right now. Like, nobody knows who they are right now. But, like, one day they're going to know who these girls are, right? Like, and they're going to have come out of nowhere, some of these girls, and maybe be household names. And maybe my daughter plays hockey and grows up to be a, a fan of one of these players that she saw. And, like, that makes her motivated. And, yeah, I'm just saying, like, hockey, the way these guys are playing is inspiring because I think that they believe in each other, and I think that's the way it should work. And that's what I do see in that PWHL. Okay, and that's all I wanted to say. All right, Neil, and uh, I, uh, I, I was, I wasn't exactly sure where you're going with it, but once, uh, once, once I did, I liked the way that you, uh, you connected it to the Flames, um, and and I appreciate the call, Neil. You have yourself a great night. Um, and 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 basically, Neil's point was that you know sometimes uh, just because you, you don't get you know player player uh x or y second or third overall or first overall or whatever the case may be doesn't mean you can't still find good players uh that can be core pieces and he's right i do think it is a little more difficult to find those foundational players when you don't get the high high picks but um that that is the challenge that you know, sometimes you have to face as an NHL team. Let's uh, say hello to Parsons following a 3-2 overtime win over Arizona as we continue on our Flames Talk postgame show. What's up, Parsons? Hey, brother. How's your night? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, the game itself, it's, you know, the first 48 was definitely pretty uninspired and soulless. Um considering there's two teams with almost identical um, records, I thought it would have been a little bit more charged. But, 
you know, it is what it is. But, um, you know, honestly, I thought uh, one of the best players in the first period and, you know, uh, trickled in into other periods was Pospisil for sure. Um, I thought he was definitely one of the hardest workers in the first. And, uh, man, he got starfished by Dumba along the boards. Everybody just kept ticking away. And that assist on Coleman's goal was uh, – or, sorry, um, uh, not Coleman. Codry's uh, goal. Codry's goal. goal, sorry. Yeah. That was uh, Anderson on yeah, – Anderson so, on Coleman. Codry got his by Pospisil, yeah. yep. For sure, yeah. And so I thought he had a great game. I thought Anderson had a good game too. So it was kind of nice that, uh, you know, all three of our top goal scorers popped one in tonight, and that was nice. And um, I will say the one thing about the first period that, uh, and I'm sorry if I'm going on about the game because I just I like to talk about the game sometime. But uh, you're, you're, you're perfectly allowed on the Flames Talk postgame show after a game to <laughs> well, talk yeah. about the game. Yeah, I know. It, the one thing that actually bugged me in the first, Pat, was uh, the hit on Zari and the lack of pushback. Um, reason being was, A, he's he's one of our rookies, but he's also one of our top players. And Kessel Ring took liberties, I think, with him. And maybe it's the old school in me, but... I actually yeah. I actually quite like the way they responded. It was more the officials uh, who didn't let anything happen. Like, um, what, two players went over to him and, and Osterley, who we talked to Osterley after the first intermission, Osterley was going to get his, uh, most likely get his lunch fed to him in a fight to stand up for him, but the officials didn't let it happen. And I, it kind of got squashed after... After Zeri was yeah. okay, and the Flames got the power play out of it, so I actually I I, I thought because I was thinking about it the exact same way. I thought about it. I I am completely on the other side of you as you. I they I really like the way that they immediately went to stick up for their guy. Turns out he was okay, and the power play happened, and Osterley tried, but the officials wouldn't let him. Like Osterley right. dropped the gloves; he was ready to go. Yeah, no, I saw that part. I was just, I was expecting, uh, because it stopped so quick, I was expecting a little bit more attention paid on Kesselring after that, but it didn't happen, but that's okay. Um, but that was one of the things that I thought maybe if, um, you know, after he was out of the box, you know, um, that might have got the boys going a little bit, you know, going a little sooner than the third period in terms of scoring or whatever, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, but uh, yeah, the the uh, the cold train keeps rolling. Hey, Pat. Yeah, it's uh, it is something else. Yeah, he's he's something else. He's he's gonna smash everything, uh, providing he keeps healthy and everything. Man, and and he's such a leader, and he leads by example, and um, I love that he's with Backlund and um. Yeah, Zari actually had a pretty good game, too. He had uh, four block shots, so he led the team in that, too, tonight. But uh, the same with Kadri uh, had a great night as well. Um, love that guy. His consistency this year, Pat, it seems like um, night and day from last year, eh? Uh, well, remember, Kadri was a very deserving all-star last year. 
it yeah. just kind of fell off from after the All-Star break. He it's was he off. was really – I thought he was one of their better players and one of their more consistent players in the first, I don't know, uh, two-thirds of the season or whatever it is before the All-Star break, and then it really fell off from there. This year, though, yeah, agree. Yeah. And uh, did we actually win four in a row last year? Because I remember I believe we they did. I believe they did. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I think we might have done it once. I'm just trying to remember. I think that they uh, did late in the season, um, okay. if, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, hey, uh, the Shark Show keeps going. Sharky had an Yeah, they did. Game. They did. They won four in a row okay, uh, okay. from March 25th to April 2nd. They beat San Jose, L.A., Vancouver, and Anaheim four straight. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then they well, lost the Chicago game to snap the four-game losing skid uh, at the dome in like the just the worst game of the year. <laughs> yeah, funny how that goes. But uh, Sharky with another great shot tonight. Um, love this guy, Pat. I can't say enough about him with the game winner. The Shark Show just keeps going. Um, I will agree with Mick tonight when she said that. Um, you know, I think the top line did miss Huberto a bit. Uh, there did seem to be something lacking tonight. I will actually agree with that. Um, I don't know. I, did you feel any of that at all? Like yeah. I, I felt. Yeah, I thought. I thought that that line five on five was very pedestrian tonight. Um, and and I think part of that is not having a guy who's been going for him in in Huberdeau. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I thought uh, Vladar played uh, excellent. A lot of great A saves tonight. Kept us in it. That's what you need from your backup. And, uh, hey, I just want to say one thing. Uh, with George, with what he was saying, I, I echo the same sentiments. You know, it's – it's. Uh, I can't cheer against my team, and I understand being on the fence and everything. Um, I just can't do it. I, you just got to hope that your team plays good enough and that karma – you know, you put in a good effort and you hope that karma goes your way, whether it be picks, uh, late picks or something. Um, as long as you try your best, I, I hope that, uh, you know, karma comes our way in one way or another. So just keep cheering your team and, uh, yeah, go from there, buddy. Uh, all right. You have yourself a great night, Parsons. Thanks for the call, buddy. Thanks, man. Uh, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Flames victorious uh, in this game, 3-2 in overtime over the Arizona Coyotes. They've won four straight for the first time this season. And, yeah, I was pretty sure they had they, they did one four in a row late last year, and, and they did uh, in late March, early April. Uh, next up, we say hello to Anand on the Flames Talk postgame phone lines tonight. What's up, Anand? Good evening, Patty. How are you? Good, buddy. What's going on? Yeah, fantastic game tonight. I loved it uh, being uh, down 2-0 in the second period and then into the third. And they're coming back with a 3-2 overtime win, which nobody really predicted with how they were playing in the first and second. I loved it. I was jumping with energy at home, so that was fantastic. A few notes I have. Uh, I wrote down that the, uh, like I said, the beginning was slow, uh, but then they started to gel together, and uh, it was amazing. Uh, my one concern coming from the game was uh, the power plane not being able to convert as much again. Uh, some games, I know we are able to gel it together, 
and uh, some games uh, it falls apart again. So maybe being consistent on that. And then I like how Texas Tiger number 20, Blake Coleman is playing, Kadri and Yegor Sharangovich, those three uh, players alight and amazing. Uh, my one question for you, so Dubey and Rushitska, I know you talked about it a bit earlier uh, in this post-game show, but uh, what do you think, how early can you do something to get them moving again, like uh, in terms of getting on the score sheet or doing something? I uh, I don't know, and, and I don't know. Uh, that line just has it, – it just is not – maybe it's the lack of ice time. I, I don't know what it is, but that line just doesn't really do much these days. Um, you know, they're not putting up points. They're not routinely going out there and, and winning battles or cycling and spending lots of time on the attack. It's just right now they're the, the fourth line for this team is doing what a fourth line isn't supposed to do in this day and age in the NHL. It's not supposed to be a fourth line that just goes out and buys time for one of the other lines to be ready again. You want a fourth line to go out there and also win shifts, and and it's just not happening enough with that line right now. Okay, yeah, got you. That's what I see, too. Yeah, thanks so much, Pat, for answering. I just had that one question because uh, I'm happy how this game went over the course of the time. So thanks for answering my question and taking my call. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Okay, thank you, Anand. Uh, Flames victorious, 3-2 in overtime here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. The phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444. The text line's open at 960-960. As we continue along on our Flames Talk postgame show, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts, let's go back inside the Flames locker room and get some more postgame reaction. Blake Coleman's third 20-goal season, first as a member of the Flames, and he's tied his career high in points already with 38 in 44 games. He uh, scored a big goal to get this comeback going tonight. Let's hear from Blake, Blake Coleman post game inside the Flames locker room. What is it about you in the third period? Yeah. What is it about you in the third period that just seems to kind of get you going? Just, just competitive. I, you know, I think I speak for a lot of us when I say that we didn't have it tonight at all, um, energy wise, and just. It just wasn't there, and you know, Vladdy gave us a chance to hang around, and it's a big game. You know, it's a it's a team we're fighting with for points to to claw into that wild card picture, and um, you know, we talked about it in between periods. We just couldn't let this slip away, no matter how we felt, and um, and that competitive spirit comes out of you. You just find ways to dig deep and and uh, try to get on the board, and you know, we were able to with a nice pass from Raz, and then obviously score again right away to to uh, give us a chance to win. So. Um, yeah, good teams find ways to win on nights where you don't have it, and we did that tonight. Does hitting 20 goals for the first time mean something extra special to you? It's my third time. Oh, that's right. That's but yeah, uh, <laughs> still, it's exciting. Yeah, it's been a minute. First as a flame, and um, yeah, I try not to. I always kind of keep my head down during the year, and maybe I'll look back on it when the season's over. But um, right now, I'm just trying to do whatever I can to help this team keep winning and, and keep pushing uh, up the standings, and. Um, if it comes with the goal scoring, then that's just bonus. Can you describe what it's like when you have a hot hand like that? When it's just, they're coming, and it seems to just keep coming on a roll here. 
Yeah, I just, um, like I said, I don't think too much about it. Um, you know, obviously it's been it's been going pretty good, and you know, there's a lot of guys that are making me making me look good on this team right now. That are making great plays, and um, you know, you don't do it without your teammates. So, um, you know, happy to contribute. Hopefully, I can continue to do so. But uh, you know, most importantly, um, that's four in a row, and we got to keep keep climbing. What's that feeling like when Yegor pots the winner? Just uh, a little bit of relief and a little bit of um, obviously elation. You're excited. Um, heck of a shot. Um, just like I said, we just found a way, and he—he's uh, one of those guys that can. All he needs is one, and he—he uh, he made it count. It was a great shot, and uh, glad he has the breakaway saves. So uh, he got us to that point. But uh, Sharky, you know, he's—he's he's hot. He's hot too. So it's fun to fun to watch him play right now. What kind of a find has he been? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Um, yeah, obviously it's, you know, the trade happens and people are quick to to speculate and everybody wants to put a winner and loser on a trade right away. And, um, you know, I, I think he did a great job of ignoring all that noise and came in here. It took him a little bit to find kind of what his role was on this team and where he was going to slot in and how he'd help us win games. But um, he's clearly found it. And, um, you know, more importantly, he's a great great kid a good person and um you're always happy when guys like that find success we yeah, asked you about the young guys i mean zary and prosper so bad the guy like prosper so there in the third period you had a damn big moment and he picks up that person's speed one-handed i mean what's it say about just you know his confidence his you know the way he's settled in here that he's, he's got that confidence to be that type of player well he's an important player he's uh he's something we've been missing in the sense that he can just he just creates chaos um Good, bad, or otherwise, he's out there giving it all he's got. He's he's laying the bodies. He's uh, he's a guy that makes defenders need to realize when he's on the ice, and you need guys like that. And um, he has elite skill to go with it. You know where he can turn on the Jets and make plays like that. Um, you know, so I've talked to Zara, I've talked to him. I think they're both you know big time additions to our team this year, and and they both have a um, a maturity uh, in their game that's a little bit above their their experience level and um, I don't think that we are where we are right now and in a in these in this position to push for the playoffs right now without uh, the addition of those guys you mentioned Yegor uh, earlier in the year as he was trying to find his role on the team even as he was going through that what was it like uh, especially for you as a leader in the locker room trying to integrate him into the mold into the fabric of this team well like I said he's a good person and I think you always uh, you always want to do what you can for for good people and you know everybody's been patient we've had plenty of people that needed to find their game and and uh that's what teams teammates are for you pick each other up until you can get to that point and uh you know i said it earlier in the year there would be points where guys that struggle in the beginning were going to be lifting us up and they're doing that now and um that's just we're a family in here and, and that's what it's all about so uh, happy he's found it hopefully we can continue to uh to grow and mature and um as a team here and you know like i said we got a great opportunity to five more at home that is Blake Coleman post-game following a 3-2 overtime win for the Flames. Just uh, want to uh, clarify for our boy Logan Gordon. He asked, he was trying to ask Blake Coleman first 20-goal season as a Flame came out wrong. So I just wanted to make sure I go to bat for Logo. He knew that he'd scored 20 goals before, but just came out wrong, which happens all the time in these stupid scrums. Um, so just wanted to make sure that I... Um, 
stuck up for Logan a little bit there. Blake was awesome about it. Of course he was, but I just well, that was what he was trying to say post game uh, or ask post game inside the Flames locker room. There's Blake Coleman who did hit 20 for the third time in his career and first as a member of the Flames. He started this uh, comeback tonight with a third period goal just about two minutes after the Coyotes had gone in front 2-0 Coleman's goal swung the game pretty big and then 63 seconds later Kadri's tied it and then in overtime Sharon Govich wins it for the Flames in uh, what was a lot of fun and a big comeback win for the Flames tonight as we continue along on your Flames Talk post game show phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444 text line remains open at 960 960. Uh, it is time to select tonight's player with heart brought to you by heart fit clinic. And I got to go with uh, Martin Pospisil tonight. I thought that his effort uh, on the game tying goal was huge. I really liked the way that he was physical in this game. I uh, thought that that line with Kadri and Zary on it was Calgary's best line at five on five tonight. And when it was all said and done, Pospisil played 1439. He uh, finished the night with, uh, what he had, uh, Pospisil had three shot attempts, two shots, an assist, two scoring chance, one scoring chance rather, and uh, of course his assist was a pretty big one when it was all said and done. Uh, what else do we have here? I just wanted to look at one more stat on uh, Pospisil's final stat line tonight. Uh, he also uh, was credited with, one, oh, did he end up? Credited with two hits uh, when it's all said and done as well. Martin Pospisil thought he was a real difference maker in this game tonight and he is tonight's player with heart brought to you by heart fit clinic for heart fit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office visit heartfit.ca well, he was named the, uh, the player with heart tonight. Martin Pospisil had himself a big game. Big assist on the game-tying goal as well. Let's hear uh, Martin Pospisil as we go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time. Here's Martin post-game after a 3-2 win. What did you see on that, uh, on that play as you drove towards the net? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm trying to my, use my speed every time when I can. And, uh, I drove to the net and I saw Cat uh, was coming. Uh, and I try try to pass to him one hand back door and all of a sudden and went to net so well, it was great. Do you remember what Nas yelled at you and can you repeat it? <laughs> uh, I think he I think he said it was a great f-ing play so <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much. No, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, have you watched it back yet? What's it? Have you watched? Not yet, not yet. Oh, it was nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you see on the, on the hit from uh, Leard's owner player in the second period? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was a it was a good clean hit, and you know sometimes hit and you have to take it, and uh, then I gave them a couple couple hits back, so I was back and forth. It was it was good. Does that does that help you get into a game a little bit when you when you get rocked a little bit by a guy? Like, that Actually, in this game, yeah, I yeah. felt like. Uh, the start wasn't wasn't great, and that, that uh, gets me going. So it was good. The, uh, you get extra points for the one-handed pass there. What? Why'd you go one-handed? I mean, I didn't have uh, much space to to, uh, to take the grab the stick for uh, with the uh, two hands. So uh, I just make the pass with the one hand. So yeah. This team was down two nothing, and the offense was hard to find. And then I felt like when you went down two nothing the game completely changed. What happened there? 
Yeah, uh, you know, I think the start wasn't wasn't great, and uh, you know we have to just uh, stick with it uh, all 60 minutes. And uh, you know, if you wanna if you wanna win the game, you have to you have to play uh, 60 minutes. And uh, you know, also be ready for overtime. And that was a that was a great uh, great uh, shot by uh, Sharky, and it was a, I think it was a great team effort. Do you ever get nervous, like being along the boards there, put being in a vulnerable spot, potentially getting hit by defensemen, like? Do you ever get nervous, or is there any unique fear that creeps in here? How do you manage that, Martin? Mm, no, uh, sometimes I like it, that, uh, especially tonight. That uh, what get, uh, gets me going. So, uh, yeah, uh, for sure I have to be careful uh, with my, with my uh, injuries. But uh, you know, uh, I like to play physical, and uh, it's, it's part of part of my game. That is Martin Pospisil. Yeah, he took that uh, he took that hip check that was very well placed and full on clean from Matt Dumba. Um, took his face, met the ice, um, not in like a violent way, but you know how a hip check goes. That was a clean hip check from Matt Dumba. Pospisil got right back up, same shift. He went and leveled another guy, and then uh, another big hit later on in the game. That's part of his game. Um, Big assist on the Nazem Kadri goal. Good game from Martin Pospisil tonight as he continues to cement himself as an NHLer. As we continue along, it's your Flames Talk post-game show. Steinberg along with you on this Tuesday night. It's time to look ahead. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Next up uh, for the Flames Thursday night, they've got the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Trilliving Bowl. Uh, Brad will be back. The, the Flames will take on their, well, they won't really take on their former general manager, but they'll take on the team built by the former general manager. Uh, the Maple Leafs in town for the only time this year, Thursday at 7 o'clock, which means we're on the air at 6 o'clock with your Flames warm-up pregame show. Uh, game on television on Sportsnet West. Second and final meeting between these two teams this year. Leafs took the first game 5-4 in a shootout back on November 10th. Uh, that'll be the the game, if you remember. That was the first time, I think, that we saw a Yegor Sharangovich rocket in a shootout. That was the first time that you're like, holy F, this guy to steal Martin Pospisil's language you're like holy this guy can shoot it and we knew he could but you're like oh my goodness look at that shot that was when you, Conroy got caught in the uh, in the box saying what an effing shot I believe is what we mouthed with uh, you're like oh Something like something like that was uh, what Conroy got caught saying on television because you're like, oh my goodness, that shot. Um, anyway, I digress. It was a 5-4 shootout loss to the Maple Leafs on November 10th. It's been a close matchup since the uh, schedule got back to normal. I'm trying not to include the games from 2021 when they played the Maple Leafs nine times. Uh, so since then, the Flames are 1-1-3 and three in their last five matchups with Toronto, dating back to the 21-22 season. Uh, this homestand continues then Saturday against Edmonton. The Oilers will make their first trip to Calgary in more than a year, Saturday at 8 o'clock, and then one week from tonight, uh, Flames host the St. Louis Blues for a 7 p.m. start. That is Looking Ahead, which is brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Back to the text line we go at 969.60 following a 3-2 overtime win. 
over the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, this reads, the Flames are 21st in the league in point percentage. They're mediocre, and the only way to change that is a rebuild. Um, just going to uh, double-check that math because I, I have not uh, gone and looked myself. Uh, the Flames do indeed with a 534 points percentage since sit 21st uh, overall in points percentage to that texter's point. Uh, this reads, I completely agree the Flames are too far into the season to be bad and get a top pick. I personally think re-signing Hannafin is the right move because he's only 26, although he's soon to be 27. just want to keep on saying that. He will turn 27 this month. But he's only 26, 27, is a legit 2-3-D, and then you trade Lindholm and Tanev. Still keeps you in the mix for the playoffs and gets you some picks and maybe prospects and roster players to keep you competitive for a spot this year. Um, I understand the reasoning why people think to trade Hannafin, but you know what Hannafin is, and that likely won't change in the next seven or eight years. Top teams are always looking for defense, and when the Flames want their cup window to open, adding a top-pairing D-man is a very tough thing to add. Um... This from Greg in Varsity. To the conflicted fans and the fans on Team Tank, winning's actually good because then your team's playing well, which includes your trade candidates. Where they finish in the standings will be nearly irrelevant this season because the Flames aren't finishing bottom five. The pot of gold from this trade deadline will come from the volume of assets accumulated in trades, and those assets will be better if the players are near peak value, so enjoy the wins. That's from Greg in Varsity with uh, a little wisdom there, which I I agree with for the most part. Uh, this from Jennifer. Tonight the Flames were just off their game in the first two periods, but wow, the third. So wicked. Go Flames. Just love Sharon Govich. He's a great addition to this team. Shout out to Vladar, too. That was a big night for Dan Vladar. He played really well tonight. Uh, good on him. Uh, this says the Flames drafted fourth and sixth overall several years ago. That didn't get them anywhere either, talking about the high pick conversation. Uh, this from Fred and Cranston says, Good evening, Patty. They squeezed two points tonight. Luck was on their side, that's for sure. Exciting nonetheless. Kudos to Kadri and Coleman for carrying the team on their backs tonight. Pat, it was obvious tonight they were out-muscled. The boys were getting hit every chance the Coyotes got. They want to make a playoff run. Do you agree? They need to get bigger and scrappier. Second observation seems to me Lindholm's passions dwindled off quite a bit. Your thoughts on that? Um, you know, on the physical side of things, I, I don't really think the Flames should be adding too much between now and the trade deadline unless we're talking about waiver claims or you know really around the fringes type moves uh, I didn't really feel like they got manhandled in, in, in this game tonight I definitely observed Arizona going out of their way to be physical but I thought the Flames handled it pretty well um as for the Lindholm part, I don't think that I have seen a, a lack of investment or a lack of caring or anything like that. I haven't seen him checked out or anything like that. What I have seen is a guy that I think has been affected by the uncertainty. I don't think he... I don't think that the uncertainty has been easy at times for Lindholm to deal with. And, and, and I think that, you know, some, some personalities deal with it better than others. I just, I, and that's not a criticism saying that anybody is stronger or better. I just think some personalities, I don't deal very well with uncertainty. I can put myself in Lindholm's shoes. I don't care how much money I make. Uncertainty, I, I respond horribly to uncertainty. I need certainty, and some personalities are just like that. And so I, I don't think that 
I think that has been something that has weighed on him. But I, I do not and I have not seen any type of signs that would suggest he's checked out or doesn't care or anything like that. Um, this says... This says... Rizichka was pretty pedestrian tonight. The Flames got a fish or cut bait with him. Lost confidence and lost passion. Um, was alone inside the circle tonight and has to make a shot. You can tell he's a lost player right now. That comes from Lane. I do think there are some um, significant confidence issues going on right now. And and I do think we're talking about a guy that we're, we're getting up to the fish or cut bait territory with Ruzichka probably not until the end of the season but that, that that would be the deadline because he's a free agent once again um this from Avro I thought the the guard there was a garbage let's try that again I thought that was a garbage hit on Zary in front of the net that guy should have got a major in a game misconduct hopefully the NHL disciplinary board sticks it to him no need for that uh Avro I I, I don't think they will it was a penalty for sure but uh Zary was fine. Um, he got the two minutes for cross-checking. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be any supplementary discipline on that. I did like the way the Flames stuck up for Zary, though. I thought that was a good sign. Jolin Cranston says, one of the Flames' weaknesses this season is not having enough forwards that drive the net. Kadri did exactly that and was justly rewarded. Let's hope for more of the same from others going forward. Sam writes, great comeback win tonight by the boys. Let's keep rolling the dice and go for five in a row with the Flames only two back from a wild card spot and three back of third in the division. Does where the Flames currently stand put that much more strain on Conroy's decision in which way to go with the UFAs? I, for one, am still in camp. Sell. Sharky's just brilliant love watching him continue to grow no I don't first of all because you know it, it is a little misleading that the two points back of a playoff spot isn't because they're two back in Nashville with even games played but there's other teams that are right there behind them that have multiple games in hand on them and also they're three back of LA but the Kings have have played three fewer games and the Kings are eventually going to figure out the slump that they're in right now so I think that is a little misleading. But Coyotes have got two games in hand. Blues have got two games in hand. Uh, and and the Oilers, I don't even think you can really consider. They've got games in hand on every single team in the Western Conference right now and have won 11 straight. Um, so do I think it changes Conroy's approach? No, I don't. Um, I, I think that he still... I am very, very confident that Craig Conroy and this management group is not going to go past the trade deadline with Hannafin or Lindholm unsigned. They'll either be signed between now and then or will be dealt, especially with those two. Uh, this says, great win by the boys. Vladar played great. Missed why Huberto wasn't playing. Was he hurt or sick? With the lines clicking, it's going to suck when they've got to trade away Lindholm and Tanev. Uh, yes, he was sick. Huberto was sick this evening. That's why he couldn't play. This says from Josh, very active overtime. Yegor was amazing. I thought that didn't even go in. Vladar obviously was hot, and uh, he made stops left, right, and center. What are the chances of him getting traded and Wolf coming up? I, I think the chances are decent enough that that might happen. No guarantee, but I think the Flames still would like to, if possible, open up some full-time room for Dustin Wolf. Um 
There you go. Um, that is our text line tonight at 960-960 on this Tuesday. Great stuff, as always, on the text line. Really appreciate it. We got time for a few more calls following a Flames 3-2 overtime win here at the Scotiabank Saddledome over the Arizona Coyotes. We'll kick it off with Jose. What's going on, Jose? <laughs> What's up, hermano? I'm trying to say, hey, Coley. Muy bueno, muy bueno. Oh, this game was muy bueno, man. Holy. At the Dome, it was it was funny because the energy was so low from the team, from the crowd. And then that Dumba hit just completely turned the game on a dime. And I got to tell you, I, lo- I love that Parson line. <laughs> he starfished them. I love Parson's calls, man. He, he has some brilliant lines when he calls. And, and, I, and, I, and I had to call tonight because I got to send a shout-out to my boys, Eddie and Pablo. That uh, Eddie's here from Ottawa. He's, he, hasn't, he hasn't been here in a long time, so... Shout out to Eddie and Pablo that I probably listen. They they uh, they like listening to my calls when they, when he's out in Ottawa, and I love I love talk. I love seeing him tonight because I hadn't seen him in like twenty years, so it was good to see him tonight at the game. But uh, oh, Pat, man, what do, what do you say about this team, man? We're we're so we're so hooked right now. We're we're just so in love with them right now. And then games like Chicago happen, and then it's just like it's that roller coaster ride. And I'm you know it's. If we can, if we can somehow pull off a win against Toronto, then it's going to be it's it'll be funny because it'll be Calgary and Edmonton meeting when both teams are on a high, as opposed to that heritage. Maybe Edmonton's got Edmonton. Edmonton's got one more. I mean, they'll be on a high regardless because they've won eleven straight. But uh, Edmonton's got Seattle between uh, the this game and the Calgary game, and the Flames have Toronto. So maybe there's a potential that it could be sixteen straight wins between the two when they meet, uh, or seventeen wins rather between the two uh, when they meet on Saturday. But Oilers have got to play Seattle first, and and uh, Toronto, of course. We got to play Toronto. Calgary, yeah. You know. It's it's funny, Pat. A lot of people are talking about this Hannafin signing and, and and you know maybe potentially bringing him back. I don't I don't I'm not on board, man. And, and I'll tell okay. you why. Seven and a half million for a third defenseman, Pat, is just you're tying up twenty million dollars in three defensemen, Pat. It's just not a, it's not a good recipe for success. It's just, it's just I don't know. To me, it just feels like you're overpaying to keep a guy that. You know, he's young, yes, and, you know, he's still going to be in his prime. But this guy can be a valuable asset. And if we're not at the point where we're going to win a cup, because, I mean, the the jury is still out on this team on whether we're going to make the playoffs. But one thing is pretty unanimous between everybody's talk and everybody's banter and all the talking heads. This team isn't going to win a cup. That's the reality of, of the situation. And, you know, Either, if you're going to, like, in my opinion, if you're going to sign Hannafin, then you might as well sign Lindholm. And, and I'll give you an ex- a, t- a team of, a, a, like, an example. Winnipeg was at a point where they were probably going to get rid of Shifley and probably going to get rid of Hellebuck, but kind of took everybody by surprise, re-signed both those guys, and yes. now all of a sudden, look at the turnaround with Winnipeg. You know, so in my and I, I mean, it's not like my opinion is going to sway anybody's anybody's decision. Oh, Conroy, Conroy's listening right now and is taking notes. Hey, listen, man, Conroy, I I, I, I see him. 
constantly at the games, man. He's he's always smiling. He's always got that positive attitude. And if anybody can make a move, man, it's it's Conroy. He's he's got that he's got that charm. He's got that banter. And I'll tell you, if 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 he can move Hannafin, I think it'll be I think it'll be right, the right move for the future of this organization because we know where we are now, and the more assets that we can build for the future, the better we'll look. I mean. The most important part of this team right now is that we're we have an identity, which is something that was missing last year. And I think one of the key components that, that maybe not a lot of people are talking about is the naming of a captain here in Calgary. And I'll and I'll say the same thing for Winnipeg because Winnipeg was captainless last year, and they got lost when there was no bridge between that coach and, and that team. And with Calgary, it, it felt like the same thing. It was it was just there was there was something missing last year and I think it was that bridge between the coach and and the team because you know the captain is is the one guy that that communicates to the team hey guys listen this is this is the way we're going to do it and if you're not on board then you know Zadorov as Zadorov where, where he's at right so it's 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 a catch 22 with not having a captain, naming a captain, but I think the best move that they could have made was was naming Backlund captain because it really it was had... a no brainer. It was it was a pretty easy decision once he decided to stay. Yeah, and I, and I think they should if they would have done it last year, maybe maybe their fortunes would have been a little different. Maybe there would have been a little better communication between Sutter and the players, or or some kind of I don't know. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but I'll, I'll tell you one thing: if if it were me. I would trade Hannafin. I mean, it's the writing is on the wall with with Lindholm. It's not like he's not invested. Like a lot of people are saying, oh, he's not he's not giving it his all, or he's not trying. I mean, you look at him right now with with Huberto and with Sharon Govich. He's playing some of his best hockey this year now with with those two guys because yes, for whatever absolutely. reason now it's clicking. And and I'll tell you the one thing about Huberto is that a lot of people are knocking his offensive production, but I believe his 200-foot game has evolved immensely. And I'll tell you another guy who's, and I, this is another guy that I was comparing him to as well, is T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller was, was talking about the point of, hey, yeah, you know J- what? J.T. J- Miller. J.T. Miller. J.T. Miller. J.T. Miller. T.J. Miller is a comedian. Uh, <laughs> yes, he is. So, That's true. Yeah. So, so J.T. Miller is the, like, the, the, the guy that I com- kind of compare you were out too because JT Miller had to evolve his, his 200 foot game. And he even admitted himself. My, listen, my points sucked because I needed to get better defensively. I mean, we're not hearing the same thing out of Huberto, but I believe his, his 200 foot game has changed a lot from when he was with Florida. And if there's, you know, that, that consistency with, with, with this, I mean, you know, do you see a scenario where, if we sign, re-sign Lindholm and we re-sign Hannafin, that it's a disaster for this team? If we're really um, just clicking? Do, do I think it, it is I, – I don't think that it would be a disaster for the team, but I think it would be a missed opportunity for the team. And, and, and I also think that, you know, the way Lindholm's playing this year, I don't know if that – big time big money offer deal that we were talking about in September and October I don't know if you're as comfortable making that deal um, and we got we got to start to, we got to start to we got to start to wrap up here Jose just so you know yeah, um, but yeah I, I 
Uh, I don't think I don't think it would be a disaster. I, I definitely don't think that re-signing Hannafin specifically at any point you're going to feel like that is even if it is the the seven and a half mil. I don't think it's ever going to be a deal that you're like, that is awful or anything like that. I don't think it's really going to be a giant regret. The question is just what is your bigger win? Signing him? I think there are some some important things that go along with signing him. Like if they were to do that, uh, getting a a high-profile U.S. guy to stay. And, and to forego unrestricted free agency and all those types of things and remain in Calgary. I think there are some uh, intangible wins that come along with a guy like Hannafin opting to stay. Um, but then there's also the, the potential wins of what you might get if, if you trade him. So that's, that's where I stand on that. Jose, we got to wrap here. Okay, pal. I'm going to text you next time with uh, who, who needs to go. Okay. Good to hear from you, brother. Yeah, buddy. Ciao, Thanks, man. man. Have a good night. Buenas noches, we didn't even argue. Uh, Jamie is up next following a 3-2 overtime win over Arizona. What's up, Jamie? Hey, Patty. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. It's been a bit, but uh, I love to chime in when I can. Um, I've been listening to, you know, we've been hearing a lot about, you know, people wanting wanting the rebuild, wanting them to not keep doing this, win just enough to lose in the first round and get a middle pick. And I get it. I mean, I've been watching since for 30 years, literally watching them do that. And uh, I know why, because there's never anything beyond the roster itself. But this team has a cupboard, and this team is winning games that aren't just one line carrying them. And that's what I think is different. We can, we can, I can see a couple of free agents leaving. Um, a guy like Ruzichka getting let go, whatever those types of moves, uh, they're not just uh, they're not crippling. You know, we lost two big guys a couple of years ago, and it changed everything. But this year, it doesn't feel like if Hannafin or Panev or Lindholm is gone, they're not winning the game based on Lindholm. The defense isn't revolved around Hannafin um, or Tanev. They're big parts for sure, but I see plausible replacements for roster players to get hauls back from guys and build the cupboards more. Honestly, for the first time in, I think, my adult life, I'm optimistic that they can go through that process and do some of this and some of that and some of the other and come out on the other side of it better, really, than they have been in forever. I mean, I don't know if you feel the same way kind of about the cupboards being different, but that's how I really have seen it for, for this season. And the worst of their stuff this season was right at the beginning. I mean, you look at those, the numbers, if you cut out the first month, are a lot different. You can't cut out the first month, but what we're seeing is we see the team doing so much better than they were at the beginning of the season. I just feel like the other guy's saying, I can't cheer against the team. I want them to win. I want them to do better. And I want Lindholm and Hannafin and all these guys to, they don't have to drive their, their trade value way up. Just don't. Don't tank themselves, and I think we'll. Uh, I think overall we're going to win in this whole situation. So, yeah, that's my thoughts, Pat. Um, thanks for having me on again. It's uh, it's too long between talks, but I'll try and call sooner. Okay. Hey, call back anytime, Jamie. I appreciate the time, and and you know I think that I think they do have a opportunity to you know as he said kind of win on on both fronts they they do have some young players that have stepped in nicely you make a couple of big trades here and, or or not even 
you make a couple of smart moves with these potential moves that you're looking at making. And and I think that you do have a potential to maybe get yourself to a better place in the not-so-distant future. I, I do think there's something to that. Um, three more, and, and, and so... And and to to Jamie's point, you know what, what we've seen from Zeri and what we've seen from Pospisil, what we've seen already from Coronado with more to come there, with Wolf and more to come there. There's there's some things coming here that give you some hope for the future. So a couple of trades that bring in a couple more things like that that might be ready to go in a little bit closer time frame. Maybe it doesn't have to be six, seven years of pain if, if you're the Flames trying to pivot and go in a different direction. Uh, Ryan is up next. What's going on, Ryan? How you doing, Pat? Ryan, what is happening in the background? Uh, that was in that furnace. Is it still too loud? Uh, are you on speakerphone? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I think you were on speakerphone, and now you're not on speakerphone. You know, is it Apple Maps bad? Uh, Silicon Valley? Yeah. Just, you know, just, just, you know, don't go on speakerphone when you come on a call-in show is all I'm I'm saying. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I was trying to make a Silicon Valley reference to the HBO program because he said T.J. Miller instead of J.T. Miller. But I I had a fairly bad start there. My bad. I just want you to respect the show and, and come on not on speakerphone, that's all. Well, I do know that you guys have been editing heavily, so hopefully in the uh, long-lasting copy there will be uh, some editing done. I apologize. Here, let's start okay. over. I'm just, I'm, just giving you a, I'm just giving you a hard time, you know that. Uh, <laughs> I'm well, man. I wouldn't expect anything else, um, but uh, I remember uh, I could actually quote the game, but it was approximately 13 days ago that I told you that the Flames would not only make the playoffs, but they would make one of the non-wildcard positions. And if I would have told you they were this close to the L.A. Kings back then, because I believe you were like, they're not catching the Kings. I still uh, don't think they're catching the Kings. I believe you, but isn't it a lot more plausible now? I mean, not the really? Kings did lose. They, they lost again. To, well, yes, really. They. I mean, they're they're 10 points closer. With with significantly more games played, I just I don't. If they do right, it, right. I'll, I'll give I you all the credit in the world. Trending. I, I yeah, I, I I just want credit. That's all. But I mean, the Kraken lost tonight. And the other the other it's thing is play. the other thing is, wouldn't you be more like? Isn't Edmonton more of a threat to chase down the Kings? Oh no doubt. We're both going to do it. Vegas isn't going to get a spot either. Hey, I love your optimism, man. You uh, hey, you sure hey, have it. It's happened before. It's happened before. Vegas just tank and slowly fell apart, and the Flames passed him. If if it happens uh, this year, I will give you all the credit in the world. Is it? Does that does that have like a value? Is that Canadian or USD or just credit of? No. I will. Um, I will give you the uh, all the Canadian credit. That I can get. I want a toonie. Uh, no, I so, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's, the jury isn't out on the playoffs. It's a bench trial, and I'm the judge, and they're making it. Um, that's, that's all I thought. And I wanted to uh, say, sign Noah Hannafin. Um, I do feel that uh, to today's call, I would say, 
he is young, almost 27, but he's like 32 in the in the head, he's got a Blake Coleman head, because he did he has so much experience for his age, really. Oh, it's ridiculous how much it's ridiculous yeah. how many games he's played for yeah. for his. And he's age not a running sure. back, so you can't say like, oh, he's got too many miles on him. No, not the way he plays. Go take a look at how durable he's been over his career. You know, I, I might say yeah. that with, with other players in a similar situation. Yeah, but, yeah, not not Noah. Noah has played a lot of games, but he's also just a, a really durable hockey player and, and plays a certain way that uh, he doesn't – and that's not a criticism at all when I say plays a certain way that doesn't get hurt. He's just, he's, his game is predicated on skating and predicated on um, being, being active in – moving and all that type of stuff so you know there's a reason why he's been able to play as many games as he's played without getting injured and there's a reason why and he's he's been playing since he's 18 years old at a very tough position to play at 18 years old he's looking to get the puck moving and keep it going rather than necessarily contact or physicality or even making people mad at him to want to hit him it's hard to hit Noah. he's a nice guy um, yeah, I just want to uh, shout out to Craig because I had no idea that Craig was listening to the show every night. That's really exciting. Hey, Craig. Um, so May 9th, 2004 in San Jose, you gave me a stick. That was uh, game one of the Western Conference Final. And I think that voids Jose's uh, request on Noah Hannafin. So please sign Noah because I, I was like, what, 20 years old then? And I, I don't think that I've done anything to not deserve be heard uh, that's all thanks craig oh and uh our defense right now is um the majority is american because i heard that that character francis uh intermission today talking about how noah was such a godsend because he actually is willing to live in the the hell that is calgary which is bs calgary is a wonderful place to live when it's not negative 30 and uh you got nick de simone and you got uh Osterleaf, uh Everyone, Gilbert, uh, Gilbert, yes, um, more. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, that's all I guess. Uh, I think that the um, I don't know if this is true, but it seems to me that um, a lot of people favor Canadian. Uh, in Canada, when Canadian players and Canadian teams do things, it seems to be more impactful. That didn't really come out right, but I'm saying if they beat Toronto, and especially if they end the Oilers' streak, and then go on to finally play St. Louis, another team they're chasing, in quotes, uh, maybe then people will get behind them. And I think that that, that three-game streak is highly plausible. So that's great. You and, are – I, I got to say, Ryan, you are the most positive like guy we I have like. on this program. You are – and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not being critical. I'm not even saying you're wrong. I uh, I don't play the uh, – I don't play the predicting I, I just game. Think, I think it's because I'm far away. Like, it's really – you can get caught in the doom loop if you're in, in and surrounded by the media. It controls them. I don't know. I, I just – I'm always I, down I, on my ducks. I'm an I'm an observation guy, and my observation is you're the most positive caller that we have these days. So well, I appreciate I, that because I, I thought that that I really made the there's a lot of uncertainty that comes with my calls, and I thought that made you uneasy. So I'm, oh, I'm not saying I love your calls. I still dread when you call, <laughs> but uh, you're still very positive. You're handling it very well. Uh, I do my best. Uh, I do my best. I have to psych myself up. Uh, calls. Yes, the main reason I was going to call is that uh, 
Oh, I was always on the Jaguar is, is an awesome player thing, but that was mostly done through other methods. Right? So I can't reference that, but uh, just want to say congratulations for your uh, buff there. And uh, good old Baker. Uh, yeah, so, that was, yeah, it was fun. It's nice to be in that division. Yeah. So I'm glad they won a game for you. Uh, carry on, uh, and have a good evening. Bye, Ryan. Be Toronto. Bye. Uh, Derek is up next. What's going on, Derek? Hey, Pat. How's it going tonight? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Uh, a couple of points for the game. Uh, I'm sure you probably didn't get to see it because you don't get to see the TV broadcast. But right before the third period, they put a, a little digital caption on showing Blake Coleman was tied for second for goals in the third period and that he's only fitting that he gets the first goal to set the, the comeback on his way. Of course, I did see Eric Francis uh, tweet that, uh, okay, yeah. and and he um, didn't change the font. It was all capital letters, <laughs> so I, I chirped him a little bit about that. Why are you yelling at me? Why why can't like why are you yelling this? Uh, but yeah, I did was, see that. Yeah. And then I also had him in my Tim Hortons hockey challenge, so it was even better. Oh well, I, you know what? Then then this is a real big win tonight. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was nice to see them battle back, get it going to overtime. And uh, a point for overtime, I thought it was nice to see uh, some of the growth and trust that Zeri and Postolo have gotten because they had their own uh, deal in overtime. Yeah, they got lots of power play time there in overtime. Um, yeah, I, and, you know, I, I think that is probably not always in, in three-on-three. Usually coaches, or, or sometimes anyway, coaches defer to guys that are, you know, higher up on the trust scale. But, yeah. Um, they, more they veterans. Or... Exactly. Guys who have played more three-on-three. Yep. But, yeah, Pospisil and Zeri both got some time in three-on-three. Uh, three. Yep, and I'm sure everyone, you know, said it. Sharky had a, a nice goal, but I want to point out that he wouldn't have even had a shot and they would have been going to shoot out if he didn't rush over to the boards and stop that puck from going out of the zone. Yep, yep, agreed. And then uh, I've been thinking about this over the last day or so, and then you you guys talked about it a bit on your Flames talk uh, yesterday, and I, I can't remember your exact quote, but more or less you said, uh, to be buyers would be silly. Yes, and I stand by that. Yeah, agreed. But what would you think about being buyers, not in the traditional sense of, you know, being the cup pusher and trying to get that last final piece, but instead using maybe some of the the picks they have later rounds or what pieces might that, come that, in from that, trades? Yep, that, I, that and, I can absolutely and, get behind. And go after... I mean, you're probably not going to find another Sharky, you know, maybe. But but you're um, talking but, about you're talking about what similar to what Vancouver did last year when they uh, went and got Ronick. Yeah, more or less. So either either taking part of what you've got coming in and flipping it for something else you might need, or just if you know that you're going to be getting extra picks or extra prospects coming in from Lindholm or or someone else, then you can maybe use some of the other stuff you already have and go get uh, some younger, upper-coming guys that, you know, you can build on for the next couple of years rather than just being the typical person and trying to build for the current year. Yeah, that that is something that I think is is a very different story that, you know, uh, again, situationally depends on what yeah. it is. But, you know, what you're talking about, yeah, I'm, I'm far more in favor of them doing that compared to the traditional 
buying that that I was talking about. So yeah, no, absolutely, Correct. that's that's very fair. Okay, I got I got three names that I'll throw out there. Sure, and you can tell me if any of them interest you, or you can give the old. Oh, that's unrealistic. They're not going to be able to get them. Sure, hit me. Uh, so, uh, Peyton Krebs from Buffalo. That seems like a long shot, just because of how much of an integral part he was of of that Jack Eichel trade. I I, I feel yeah. like that's a little unrealistic. I I feel okay. like they they really value him as one of their key you know core members. Okay, fair. Uh, Connor Dewar from Minnesota. Don't mind that. I I just I I wonder a little bit about like what type of impact is he going to be? Uh, I don't mind the player, um, and I, I I don't you know I think Minnesota is going to be in a situation where they might be um, they they might be um, moving on from some guys. Yeah. I just I don't know what he is in the NHL. You know, he's, he was a very prolific. If I remember correctly, he was an Everett guy, right? He was a uh, a really prolific player in junior, um, but I don't know what he is um, at the NHL level yet. So that would be my only worry. Is I just like what type of player are you getting? Are you getting a guy who really moves the needle? You know. Yeah, yeah, they uh, just some of their points they made was in junior. You know, he had strong years, came out to the AHL, had strong years, and then he's had a bit of a slow start uh, in the NHL. But whether or not that's because he's stuck on the fourth line or just that's who he is is kind of the undecided point that you'd be gambling on, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, I don't mind a gamble. I just wouldn't be paying significant assets for that particular situation. No, but whether or not you want to poke around and see what it would cost and and whatnot from there. Sure. Yeah. That. That. Yeah. He's he's young enough. Okay. And then the last one, and it has been floated around, but not all that recently. Morgan Frost from Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't mind that one at all. Um, the only thing is, um, what are the Flyers thinking between now and the deadline? Are, do they look at themselves as a team that can make some noise in the playoffs? And if that's the case, would they move on from a roster guy like Frost? Yeah, they're kind of the one of the ones on the border. That, but you know, in the next two, three weeks, four weeks, that'll be when they decide, or maybe has something else with Tortorella, and you know he gets healthy scratched or something happens and yeah it's it's something you can go after without spending a exorbitant amount of money yeah i like the player though okay and then last point outside of that what would you think about either packaging or just exploring what you'd be able to get for dubay or Rizitska just to clear a roster spot yeah, and and a change of scenery situation as well. Yeah. I I think it's um, and because they're, they're both done or RFAs after this year. Yeah, and and I mean you know qualifying offer is going to be a a larger one for Dubé. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I I think it's I think it's worth worth it. Um, I, I think at the very least it's worth a conversation. I think um, the players' camps would be okay with it too. Um, I just think overall there, you know, there there could be an appetite to to maybe see if there is a a little bit of a different fit in in both cases. I, I would imagine that the representation on both sides would would be on board with that if if that's something the Flames uh, floated to them and and might make sense from a team standpoint too. 
Yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to get any kind of great haul, but if you get to the point where you've more or less decided that they're not part of your future, why not get something for them rather than waiting till the end of the year and just let them go? Yeah, you know, the the Dubai one, I'm, I'm a little bit more... Um... I guess I'm a little bit more resigned to what I think Rizicka is, even though I still think there's a nice high ceiling there. Um, it just it, the the consistency now continues to be an issue, and and you know, so I I'm a little less, I guess, uncertain on the overall uh long term on what Rizicka is. I'm a little bit more like yeah, I'm I'm not. I'm not convinced it's ever going to click here. I'm, yeah. I'm starting to lean that way. But Dubé had 45 points last year, and that's the one that I just can't wrap my head around. Like, I, I just I can't imagine that a guy gets 45 points at that age and then just doesn't know how to play the sport anymore. And I'm not suggesting that that's the way he's looked, but the, the year that he's having is such a – and it wasn't even like those were – unearned 45 points like he was an extremely productive player and and his points came they, they were deserving points so it's just that's the one that's a little bit more of a head scratcher for me that's all yep and whether or not it's you know this year's system or whatever it is and who knows maybe next year he'll bounce back but are you willing to pay to find out if he will next year yep yep okay that's all for today pat all right Derek. good stuff man you be well you too have a good night and our uh, last call following a 3-2 overtime win over the Arizona Coyotes goes to Sean. What's going on, Sean? Hey, how's it going, Pat? Good. How are you? Not bad. First-time caller. Glad Welcome aboard. Hope, hope to be a, a regular caller going forward. All right. Um, thinking the – I have some, some PTSD of last year of – Again, excluding the past week and a bit when the Flames have finally been able to put the first score on the board of as soon as they go down going into the third period, the game's pretty much already over. Um, but this year has completely flipped around to where the third period is when they've decided to turn the Jets on and always come back, and they have – Again, I think last year they had like five come to, come from behind wins, or I might have that number wrong, but might have even been like, less. And I remember yeah. they they didn't win a game when trailing after forty minutes of play until well late in the season. I'm sure Wilsey, if he's still listening, remembers how late it was. But it was late in the season when they even won their first game when they trailed after forty minutes of play. So no, absolutely, last year they they were not a good third period team when tra trailing at all no and that's why in inside every time they go down i'm thinking oh god we're doing this again but outside i'm saying yeah no we've got this we're going to be fine and then every time they somehow or not every time but more often than not this year they've been able to do it and i'm just the I don't know if it's the drive with the team, the change in the coaching, the atmosphere around the team, like how how they can go into the third period and keep coming on the upside more than the downside in those mm -hmm. games. Um, like, what do you think the change in the mentality has been? Well, a few things. First of all, they, they had a few early on when it happened. And so I think when that happens, you – 
there, there's instant belief that goes along with it. So you get that belief right off the get-go. You're like, oh, it's happened a couple times, so they know that it's possible. And, and now all of a sudden it kind of gets ingrained. And I, I say this having talked to enough guys about this, that, you know, it happens a few times early on. Then inside that room it kind of just becomes almost second nature. It's like, guys, we've done this before. Uh, we can do this. And so that that belief is there, and, and belief is a big is a big part of it. And that belief was not there in any way, shape, or form last year because it never happened, and it took so long for them to get there. So it kind of went the other way. It's like, oh, no, we're down in the third period. You know, even if it's subconscious, it's like, oh, no, this is just – this is not an area that we excel in. And, and so sometimes, a lot of times, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So uh, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of that. I also think the coaching change um, has has a lot to do with it. I just think it is a more of a positive atmosphere around this place, and and so I think that is a little bit more congruous too to being able to put some comeback wins together and not wave white flags. Like honestly, man, the, it was it was just such a it was such a dark cloud that hung over this team for so much of last year that, you know, things like that and, and belief in coming back and stuff like that, it was hard to find because of how dark that cloud was. Yeah. And so I, I think those are I think those are two things that, that play largely into it this year. Yeah, and 100% agree with that. And I think that also bleeds into the overtime story of in overtime now, I think we actually have a chance to win on three on three. I'm going to leave aside the shootout because I don't know if we have that good of a chance in the shootout. But overtime, it seems like we're doing, we have way more confidence in three on three, too, with the players we're putting out. Like one of the last callers said, too, like even with putting Zary and possible. Pop- Pospisil out on three on three, which yeah. is just giving kind of the young younger blood the ability to go out there and make some plays, which is starting to work out in the Flames' favor. Yep, yep. And then last one, Coleman should be in the All Star game, in my opinion. MVP of the Flames throughout this part of the season next to Backlund. I mean, just that line has been so consistent throughout this entire year, along with the the Kadri, Zary, Pospisil line that kind of came out of nowhere. But, I mean, as you've always said throughout the year, Coleman and Backlund are kind of the fixer line, and they have been incredible throughout the year. And Coleman has been on a crazy streak, and I can't believe that he's not going to be in that game, but that's that, that that's my last piece there. Yeah, it's um, it's it's weird how the NHL and I I don't I'm not trying to suggest that that Lindholm like you don't want to you don't want to be like Lindholm's not deserving or anything like that because you don't get named to an All Star game without being deserving. But it just it, it was it was an interesting decision to go Lindholm, um, and and I I think that you're right. I mean. Uh, Coleman had a really good case to go this year, so it's uh, and and you know what? I also think the NHL would have loved having Coleman there. Like, what an ambassador he is, right? So, right, and um, first so, yeah. time going to the All Star game, like yeah. Again, and yeah, not taking anything from Lindholm. Like, started off slow. He's definitely come on better throughout the year, um, but I think obviously Coleman's kind of been our our mainstay with Backlund, but yeah, he would have been a huge ambassador going to the, to the all-star game. 
Good stuff, Sean. Well, yeah, if uh, call back any time, would love to have you as uh, as a regular. Good stuff. Thanks, Pat. Have a great night. You be well. And that will wrap us up on the phone lines tonight following a Flames 3-2 overtime win over the Arizona Coyotes here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Crazy finish and uh, Yegor Sharangovich's goal with less than 20 seconds to go in overtime ends up giving the Flames their fourth straight win, first four-game win streak of the season for Calgary. As we start to wrap things up on our Flames Talk post-game show, it is time for tonight's final summary as, uh, yeah, that's how we're going to uh, move towards the end of our Flames Talk post-game tonight. No scoring in the first period. It was extremely low event. Pretty low event second period as well. Only goal scored in that second period was an Arizona goal. Sean Dersey scored it, his seventh, from Nick Schmaltz and J.J. Moser at 822. And uh, Arizona took a one nothing lead into the third period. Then in the third, they took a 2 nothing lead. They had played like a picture-perfect road game to that point, and it felt like, oh, geez, 2 nothing. That's probably all she wrote. Uh, Logan Cooley makes it 2 nothing with his fourth of the year from Dersey and Clayton Keller at 637. But, boy, did that wake up the Flames. And uh, they really blink of an eye, uh, turn this game on its side. So just over two minutes later, Blake Coleman scores his 20th goal of the season. Third time he's got 20 in the NHL and makes it 2-1. Coleman from Rasmus Anderson at 8.54. Then that ignited the flames a little bit. And 63 seconds later, Nazem Kadri ties it with his 15th of the year. Kadri from Martin Pospisil at 9.57 just like that we've got ourselves a 2-2 tie so off to overtime we go and Arizona takes a too many men penalty in the final two minutes of overtime sends the Flames to a four on three power play and late on that power play late in the overtime frame Yegor Sharangovich absolutely wires it for the game winner. Off the back bar and in, Sharangovich's game winner was his 18th of the year from Kadri and Elias Lindholm at 443 on the power play. That's your game winner. Flames win their fourth consecutive. Just uh, give me one second. Let me have a sip of water. As you can tell, my uh, voice is struggling. There, that's better. Wanted to turn my mic off so you didn't have to hear it either. Um, you can cut that out of the podcast, Azam. Final shots, 33-27 in favor of Calgary. Flames go 1-for-5 on the power play. Arizona 0-for-3 with the man advantage tonight. Your three stars in the building here at the Dome. Number three, Yegor Sharangovich. Number two, Sean Dersey. And your number one star had a hell of a game, too, uh, with a goal and an assist was Nazem Kadri. With the win, Flames improved to 21-18-5. They're back in action Thursday at home to Toronto. Well, Arizona drops to 21-18-3. They're back in action Thursday on the road in Vancouver. That is our final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, for our on-site engineers Tim Khalil and Jeff Mason, for our reporter Logan Gordon, and for our outstanding producer Azam Ali Nanji, my name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you 
where you get your podcast. Yes, next up for the Flames, Thursday night, the Maple Leafs in town for a 7 o'clock face-off. We'll be on the air at 6 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Final score from the Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, Flames have won four in a row, and they do it in style. Yegor Sharangovich overtime winner. Flames win 3-2 over the Arizona Coyotes. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show, available wherever you get your podcasts, and this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.